like 28 days to to renew the blood in your system mm-hmm. and two years to renew all of the cells in your body 100 percent. right yeah. so if you're if you're practicing a, a mostly plant-based right reduced processed food diet like you could become a different person in two years yeah. and totally rewrite the fabric of your dna that's exciting i think it's exciting and yeah. it's so empowering it's yeah. so empowering and yeah you have to overcome you know the fear the addiction and all of that sucks but at the same time like it's it's so possible welcome everybody to the bliss seekers podcast our podcast was created to inspire people to find their true purpose and follow their bliss make sure you check us out on instagram at bliss seekers make sure you check us out on youtube at the bliss seekers make sure you subscribe to this podcast thank you so much and enjoy the show all right well welcome everybody back to the podcast uh in today's episode we have a awesome guest. Uh, she's a San Jose native. Uh, she's the only child for two loving parents, a seeker of truth, a 29-year-old entrepreneur, animal lover, uh, a gardener, and a, a vegan, of course, of five years. She loves to sing and dance, and she's the owner and founder of California Vegan Food. Uh, welcome to the podcast, uh, Rosa Guerrero Contreras. Thank you guys so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Great to have you, right? Yeah, super All right. excited. All right, so let's let's get right into it. Um, I just I like to start out by kind of getting to know people, mm-hmm. right? So you mentioned you're a San Jose native. Yep. Born and raised in San Jose. Absolutely. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, my parents essentially right come from, their family lines come from different places in the United States, but originated in Mexico, okay. right? So I'm like third and fourth generation Mexican, which is kind of strange to some people because yeah. it's like it's like your first generation or you're like American. Yeah. Um, but my parents actually put me back into school. I went to River Glen Spanish Immersion School and um, learned how to read and write in Spanish before English. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's like a really interesting integration of like the language and the culture and so I was born and raised downtown San Jose. Okay. So what was the name of the school again? Uh, River Glen. River Glen. Is that in San Jose? It's in San Jose. Yeah. Okay. okay. In the Willow Glen area. Okay. Yeah. So born and raised downtown San Jose. Um, my parents are two wonderful, hardworking people. My dad worked for PG&E for 23 years until okay. diabetes got the best of him. And then my mom yeah. worked at Valley Medical Center as an emergency nurse for 32 years until... Um, dementia with uh, dementia with Lewy bodies or Parkinson's got the best of her. Wow, sorry to hear about yeah. that. Yeah, um, and and so you know, growing up in San Jose, what part of San Jose did you grow up in? Mm, downtown. Downtown. Okay, mm-hmm. so your whole life in downtown. My whole life. Yeah, I live born and raised in the same house. Wow, and they still live in that house today. That's cool. Yeah. What, what part of downtown? Um, so like Negley Park area. Okay. Like a couple blocks away from San Jose State. Okay. Okay. So kind of yeah, by the by the school yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then. Um, so obviously growing up you know you said your parents are now suffering from some some health stuff Mm -hmm. is that is that kind of what kind of motivated you to become plant-based or absolutely um and it's really it was really like a a combination of things right so i became vegetarian when i was 16. um in high school i took a peace and justice class and learned about just the the injustices in um, with uh, Walmart, right? So it was like two different documentaries, one about Walmart and one about the meat industry. Mm-hmm. And so realizing that not only does Walmart exploit all of their supply chain, right? And everybody that they source from all over the world, but it is like hand in hand with the meat industry and how we do the exact same things to animals and to the environment in our own 
country. Wow. And so having learned both of that, I, I decided at a young age that I don't want to contribute to these cycles of violence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And just like, I don't know, I guess I'm also an empath because I, I feel very deeply um, for for others, you know, for my fellow companion and for animals, because you can't you can't have a pet and not think that they don't have a soul. Right. You know, they mm-hmm. are they are sentient beings. They have feelings. They mm-hmm. have wants. They have needs. Right. They they poop. They pee and they, you know, and <laughs> they, they eat just like us. They yeah. cry just like us. Exactly. So, yeah, there's there's really nothing that anybody can tell me to try to convince me that they're like inferior. Yeah. Um, because they love they love us just the same. Yeah. So, yeah, after watching those two documentaries, I became a vegetarian. And at that time, that really just made me stop eating fast food, which okay. was really that which was great. And I'm so I'm so oh. grateful that I made that decision yeah. way back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I definitely was not vegan at first. Okay. Right. It was a it was a a journey so it took me about 10 years and so up until five years ago where are we so yeah 2015 um cowspiracy was the documentary that really like yeah made me just no mm-hmm. i can't because you know i was a vegetarian and then i was a pescatarian for two years and then i went back to eating meat for a little bit and then watched cowspiracy and i was like all right i'm done yeah. I'm, I'm going vegan and we're going in hard yeah. and so um <laughs> i don't know if you guys have ever seen fully raw christina on youtube but she is a raw, raw vegan YouTuber. Um, I've heard of her. Yeah. I've heard of her. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. So she was my inspiration to become raw vegan. And I made the mistake. So everybody at home, don't become raw vegan first. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> hardcore. Yeah. That's, like, that's like all the way to the other yeah. side of the spectrum. So, you know, not knowing what I was doing, just yeah. like a regular vegan, I went that far and, you know, kind of had to had to pick myself up and, and made yeah. a lot of mistakes and um, yeah, it definitely wasn't hard at the beginning, especially because like now, it, and it's only a five-year difference, but now there's just like so many more products on the market. Oh. There's so many more things. You can go to Smart and Final and they have the whole like good and well section. Oh, really? Yeah. And so wow. there's like all kinds of, you know, like faux meats and cheeses and yogurts and, and everything is really available today when even five years ago it wasn't. Yeah, I agree with you because... Um I went to Walmart, yeah. of all places, yeah. like Walmart. Like, I mean, I usually go to like Whole Foods, mm-hmm. Sprouts, because I'm thinking like that's the only place that's going to have good vegan stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'm in Walmart and I'm like, what? They have diet cheese? Yeah. I'm like, what? They have this? I'm like, dang, they have just egg? Like, yeah, yeah like Walmart. So I, I, I agree with you on that. Like, it's a lot easier nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and, uh, and it's definitely like, for, so for, for, the, for the people out there that maybe you're trying to transition or you're looking... Um, there's actually affordable options to to get to get the vegan food and stuff like that. Yeah, so. absolutely. So now you're full 100% vegan. 100%. Yep. For yeah. how, for how many years? Is it five years. Now? Uh, five years. Yeah, okay. five years full vegan. And um, one of the pieces about it is even in San Jose, you know, we do have some restaurants that are vegan or that have a lot of vegan options. But you know, you get to the point where you're kind of like tired of eating the same thing all the time. <laughs> and um, it's interesting too because like vegan establishments, vegan or vegetarian establishments are not open late at night so you know like in my earlier 20s when yeah. i was you know like a party yeah, girl of course right i would never have anything to eat so uh-huh. it would be so frustrating and because of that and because like the options that are out there aren't really like the word that i like to use is comparable right right mm-hmm. like you want it to like yes okay tofu is great and that's an alternative you know for a source of protein and all kinds of other mm-hmm. you know good stuff for your body but like people don't love tofu exactly right yeah. so making making a product that was com- comparable right especially for the latino community 
that was extremely important to me because you know there's all these myths of that like oh like being vegan is just for white people or being vegan Mm -hmm. is too expensive when when that's not true you know in actuality latinos like our ancestors where we come from like aztecs mayas and incas were not the carnivores that their mexican right people are today yeah so that's that's something that i'm really trying to work with like my latino customers and the latino community in general and something that i really want to push for and you know have people recognize that yeah like we're not going to go back to be exactly like how they were that's just like not practical Mm -hmm. but we can you know shape shift our diet so that we're no longer suffering from all the diseases that we're suffering from today and like you know how you were talking about how your grandma died and how Mm -hmm. your grandpa died and how you know like i see my parents i see my family i see my friend's parents i went to my friend's house yesterday um, and his mom is now in a wheelchair Mm. and she doesn't even know really what you know what's wrong with her but obviously like the food that she's eating is making her sick right she's still drinking coca-cola it's not only the meat and i think that's that's something that you know like when we're advocating for veganism um, the other side of the spectrum is going to be like, well, you know, really offended and, yeah. you know, but it's, it's not, it's not solely about the meat, but it's the lifestyle. Yeah. And that's where we, we come to understand, right. The more that we learn about health and wellness mm-hmm. is that like lifestyle diseases are not necessary. This is not natural. This is not normal. If you talk to your grandma, your great grandma didn't exist. Yeah. Right. And so and that that also connects to the food system and how it's managed. And they also use a lot of uh, alternative natural medicine back Mm -hmm. in the days before we were born. Oh, yeah. You know, before all the pharmaceutical drugs was created. Of course. So it's all about like natural herbs and natural food for for healing. Plant medicine. Yeah. Yep. Plant medicine. Yeah. Herbal medicine and preventative. Right. Preventative action. Preventative habits. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's it's funny how now like it's such a. Uh, I don't know, a rite of passage or whatever, but, you know, our our society's relationship with alcohol, yeah. right? And the way that people just kind of, like, drink themselves into disease <laughs> and are somehow surprised. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I just, you know, I just poisoned my body for 15 years and all of a sudden I have cancer. Yeah. Like, I wonder why that happened. Also, <laughs> like, with, with sugar, I want yeah, to yeah, touch base too. on sugar. Refined sugar mm-hmm. is so bad. Yeah. You know, when when they I, I learned something about diabetes is mm-hmm. not it's also not just about sugar. Mm-hmm. It's the amount amount of carbs that you actually consume. Yeah. yeah. And you're making it you're making your heart, uh, your body work really hard, mm-hmm. your insulin levels and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. I, saw, I saw an awesome meme. It says, um, you know, uh, lifestyle or, or diet loads the gun and lifestyle pulls the trigger mm-hmm. or something like that mm-hmm. right Absolutely. Or, or or genetics load the gun and diet and lifestyle pull the trigger mm. so i don't know if you've heard of epigenetics mm. heard i of have that? heard of it but yeah, yeah i haven't like super looked into it so when i started getting into podcasts in 2017 uh, addicted to success is like was my favorite podcast mm. and uh the guy had so many like successful and he had dr joe dispenza mm-hmm. and he had uh dr james lipton mm-hmm. and he talked about epigenetics and yeah. i was like well you know because obviously you know she's filipino i'm hispanic you're hispanic mm-hmm. um growing up like you were mentioning 
I thought diabetes was my death sentence. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was inevitable. Yeah. Both of my grandfathers died from diabetes. Yeah. Um, like a lot of my family members have either diabetes or like high blood pressure or all mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. And I just thought like, well, I mean, I'm Mexican. Like that's just my sentence. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and luckily, like you had mentioned earlier, you change your, your habits very young. Because mm -hmm. if you change them when you're young, it's really easy. But if you have those all the way to adulthood, it, it, it's very hard. But anyways, getting to the epigenetics, um, he talks about that only about 2% or less of actual diseases are hereditary. Mm -hmm. The rest mm -hmm. is diet and lifestyle. Yeah. So it's not, it's not your genes or your, your, your race. It's the diet and lifestyle that comes with that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and I started looking at like, Oh, okay. Of course. Right. Everything's fried. Like you said, the Coca-Cola is like mm -hmm. water, you know, yep. and that's basically just pour sugar down your throat, you yep. know? And, uh, and yeah, so it, it's really is, it's just, that's what we inherit from our parents and mm -hmm. our grandparents. It's mm -hmm. not the gene. We inherit the genes, of course, but mm -hmm. we inherit the diet and lifestyle mm -hmm. that triggers those chronic diseases. Yeah, right? we, we do. And it's funny because I was just talking to my husband about this last night of how, how our DNA works. Right. And we, so we have proteins in our body that are constantly transcribing and translating our dna so it's being recreated all the time because we are you know these like energetic like a battery vessel that mm -hmm. recharges itself and through food right food is food is our fuel mm -hmm. so if you go to the if you go to the gas station and you always put you know like the cheap gas into your car mm -hmm. your engine is not going to run well right for the long term you're mm -hmm. going to have to have more maintenance right and that translates exactly to higher healthcare bills, yep. um, you know, more time, just like being unable to fully participate in your life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think um, this is probably not super duper accurate, but it's like 28 days to, to renew the blood in your system mm -hmm. and two years to renew all of the cells in your body. 100%. Right? Yeah. So if you're, if you're practicing a, a mostly plant-based, right, reduced processed food diet, like you could become a different person in two years yeah. and totally rewrite the fabric of your dna that's exciting i think it's exciting and yeah. it's so empowering it's yeah. so empowering and yeah you have to overcome you know the fear mm -hmm. the addiction and all mm -hmm. of that sucks but at the same time like it's it's so possible to to get over it and i think the thing that i really want to emphasize um for for everyone is just being patient with yourself you know just because i've been vegan for five years doesn't mean that i've been a picture perfect vegan the whole oh. entire time mm -hmm. Heck no. Mm -hmm. I've been addicted to donuts. I've been addicted to French fries. I've been addicted to hot Cheetos. I've right. cheated so many times yeah. with hot Cheetos. Yeah. And it's always like special mm -hmm. occasions like Christmas. I'm having a bag of hot Cheetos. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. You know? You're like Santa brought me hot Cheetos. <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. and I'm not going to kill myself over that because in the beginning, in the beginning of my veganism, I was so hard on myself. Mm -hmm. I was so frustrated with myself all the time. Yeah. And that comes back to the space of like what, what in, in the its essence veganism is compassion mm -hmm. and you have to have compassion for yourself mm -hmm. if you don't have compassion of yourself you're not going to do anything good for your family or for your community yeah and, and you mentioned something like well food is such a big part of culture such a big part yeah and and like especially in like any culture right like i mean i can only speak for mine and obviously filipino culture joe can mm -hmm. can talk about that filipino but food, though. yeah i mean filipino like food, everything though. is about food and family like <laughs> yeah. pretty much like mm -hmm. our cultures are very similar yeah food and family and you know i think a lot of it is also ignorance too because if you don't know like i mean mm -hmm. i didn't know who am i to be like oh i'm you know better than this person because i ate meat i ate a western diet mm -hmm. 
a standard American diet, which the acronym is SAD, sad. which yeah. is kind of sad, oh right? <laughs> yeah. So the SAD diet, yeah. I ate it for 39 years. Yep. So, uh, I mean, when people tell me like, oh, I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, I, I was eating like that for 39 years. Like, mm-hmm. like, but I understand because I've always been the type of person that's kind of tough mentally. Like, mm-hmm. I can deal with a lot of the adversity or the negativity or mm-hmm. people alienating me because I was already like the black sheep anyway. Mm-hmm. So who cares mm-hmm. if everyone alienates because I'm already on my own anyways, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, but you're kind of like leaving the tribe, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and that's that's the biggest the biggest uh, obstacle, I would say. One hundred percent. And I can I can touch on that wholeheartedly. Right. Because I am. Um, so my mom is mixed. My mom is half white and my dad is full Mexican. And it's so weird. Like nothing in my family is like conventional or typical at all. Um, <laughs> but my mom being the half white person like she was the one who spoke spanish and my dad being the full mexican person did not speak spanish oh wow that's crazy yeah Yeah. it's so weird and so growing up i had such an identity crisis all the time right and because right i look white and people always you know i grew up in um going to the spanish immersion school and so most people most kids going to the spanish immersion school were like first generation mexican Mm -hmm. who would go to mexico right every summer and every winter and visit their family and like that was so beautiful but that just wasn't my experience I didn't have that so yeah I was bullied right. I was bullied as a little kid for being white which mm. is you know kind of also the opposite dynamic and so it really just like left me in a space where I kind of felt like I didn't have a tribe you know I didn't have I wasn't Mexican just like Selena how she says you're not Mexican enough for the Mexicans yeah. you're not white enough for the exactly. white people like it's it's so fresh it's exhausting yeah <laughs> so I- I feel you on that one because yeah. I'm not half white, but my mom basically looks white. Mm-hmm. And when I was growing up, I looked white. Like, yeah. And it's weird because like, like you said, the white part of, of your culture doesn't really accept you. And then mm-hmm. the Hispanic part definitely doesn't accept you. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of have this like identity crisis. And yeah. and so I, I, I know how you feel on that one. I, I went through the same exact things. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of benefits though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, looking back at it now, like... To be honest, like I'm very proud of my culture. I'm very proud to be Mexican American. Mm-hmm. My father's from Mexico, so mm-hmm. I had the first generation and the my mom's like third generation. So oh, I had wow. a, I had a little first bit of both. Yeah. Dang. So That's awesome. so I my mom's side is very American, mm-hmm. right? Like you know the hot dogs, the hamburgers, yeah. like Mexican American Chicano kind yeah, of type uh-huh. deal. And my dad's side Potato is like salad. yeah, straight up <laughs> like from Mexico. You yeah. know, like you know, and so I kind of had a little little bit of both, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm very proud of it, but. I don't like to label myself, to be honest, yeah. um, because I feel like it limits you. You know, yeah. like if I yes. just call myself like, oh, I'm Mexican and American and I'm proud. Mm-hmm. I'm already eliminating all these other amazing cultures. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm like a chameleon. Mm-hmm. Like I like to adapt to whoever I'm around. I love that. You know, we are I, so alike. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, see? crazy. Yeah. Listening to what you're just saying right now. Yeah. I'm also just Filipino. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, I eat all kinds of food, like vegan, obviously, different mm-hmm. cultures. Mm-hmm. I don't just stay, I don't stick to the same kind of people. <laughs> I don't yeah. stick to my own kind. I have all kinds of friends, yeah. um, you know, different cultures, different languages. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I want to explore it all. And yeah. I don't just want to label myself as a Filipina. Mm-hmm. I, I label myself as human, yeah. a human being. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're all we're all one race, you know right, what I mean? right. I think, uh, so Nimai Delgado, I don't know if you know who he is. Mm-hmm. He's like a big vegan influencer mm-hmm. and bodybuilder. He's like, I love him. He's really cool. Yeah, and yeah. he said like, you know, race, human, religion, love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of like like how I am. You know yeah. what I mean? So, But uh, but it, it is important 
for me to just like how it is for you mm-hmm. and i know it is for joe too is mm-hmm. to influence my culture mm-hmm. um and this podcast is part of it too yeah. that because i i feel like in hispan in any culture basically mm-hmm. if if you go vegan you feel like oh my god i'm giving up my culture mm-hmm. i can't have my food yeah. i can't have my tacos mm-hmm. i can't have my enchiladas mm-hmm. i can't have my this you can you can you just have to substitute mm-hmm. yeah and like you mentioned earlier, there's so many like now it's like pretty easy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you yeah. want meat, go get Beyond Meat. Yeah, right. I learned how to make my own seitan the other day. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like it's pretty easy. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and there, just eggs for eggs. Just eggs. So good. I don't know if you tried just egg. Uh, I do, and uh, no shade, but I don't like it. Okay. Um, but I make a garbanzo bean flour egg. Okay. Oh. Okay. okay. Yeah. Garbanzo and flour. it's just like decadent. So mm. so yeah, I mean that, that's the thing, like. <laughs> That's the cool part about it. Like, even if the substitutes don't work, you can always mm-hmm. find a way. There's you know always I mean? something, yeah. right? Always something. And I think that's that's really the part that I want to hit on the head for the community is that you don't have to sacrifice anything. If anything, you have food that not only can taste better, but it's better for you. So it's going to make you feel better. And you're yeah. just going to like be able to live your life in such a more fulfilling and complete way. And I don't know if this is the same for you or for anybody out there, but... As, as a little person, like growing up eating meat, right? We're conditioned to do that. Our mm-hmm. parents tell us to do that mm-hmm. because they think that that's the right thing to do. Yeah. And, you know, so it's just a cycle. But something in the back of my head always knew that, like, I was eating an animal. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, but I repressed it so much because this is what I grew up to know was, was the thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't know. I just wanted to say that because if that speaks to anybody... And it's true. And then once you eat vegan food, it's guilt free. Yeah. You don't, you really like actually don't have to worry about taking the lives of anybody. And of course there is, you know, the subject of ensuring that the supply chain is just because just because it's vegan doesn't mean that it's cruelty free necessarily. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that's really just, you know, that's, um, what is it? Splicing hairs. Yeah. Yeah. So you've always kind of been compassionate like just it's been in your nature yeah absolutely and and they they even say like they didn't experiment like they gave a baby a rabbit Mm -hmm. and they gave a baby an apple and the baby's not going to try to bite the rabbit no the baby plays with the rabbit right and then it eats the apple yeah so like even with that experiment like a two-year-old kid already instinctively knows Mm -hmm. like i'm not supposed to eat the rabbit like a true carnivore if you put a baby lion Mm -hmm. And you put a rabbit in an apple, mm-hmm. the baby lion would probably eat, eat the, the rabbit, rabbit. You know what I mean? and ignore the, the apple. Well, it's kind of a, a sad analogy, but it's true. You well, know no, what I mean? but and it's this this fake narrative that like, oh, like we're cavemen yeah. and we like hunt mm-hmm. and gather. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's 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 really it's really because people don't understand sociology and don't understand psychology and don't understand how the economy was set up at that time. Mm-hmm. Right. At that time of the caveman right there was no formal economy there was no commerce yeah there was no whole foods no (laughs) (laughs) there was no industry right it was literally like man versus animal exactly and in that context sure yeah go ahead you know kill your animals but you're not going to be able to manufacture them in such a way that is like destroying the planet and that's what we have to understand today that we have the power as consumers right we have the power as the eaters to decide what is good for us and what is not and by the way the cavemen had to survive yeah for them it was survival yeah they couldn't grow uh 
if, if they lived in a climate that couldn't mm-hmm. grow vegetables or whatever, they had to live off whatever they had to live off. Right. They also died very young. And they were nomads. Yeah. So they, they didn't have the opportunity to, to plant anything in the ground yeah. because they literally had to move from place to place. So it's like totally different context. Yeah. It wasn't until they learned how to cultivate that mm-hmm. big civilization started like the Egyptian empire and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So when people go, oh, caveman, okay, you want to go die at 40 and you know run around and make sure a lion doesn't eat you too then go for it you know what yeah. i mean but we're in 2020 yeah we live you know? differently now yeah and you guys want to so know something that a family member told me sure um, let's hear he's it. a big religious man mm-hmm. my father yeah. aka my father <laughs> what's up pops we got some uh, good stories about her he, father he was, he was just saying like you know he wanted to argue with me but i didn't mm-hmm. i wasn't gonna have it and mm-hmm. like uh basically god created animals for mm-hmm. humans to eat yeah I told my brother that and he just laughed like he because my brother knows that's not the truth. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's in the Bible. No, it's not the truth. It's just like, yeah. come on. But I'm still going to be vegan you yeah. know, around yeah. him. And it's just I, I, told, I tell him, stop eating so much meat. Mm-hmm. Like your cholesterol levels are so high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess it's just really hard for people to change their ways, mm-hmm. you know, at a certain age. Especially yeah. uh, you know? like when they're grown, like. Believe it or not, like I was so fortunate because both of my parents went vegan the same time I did. What? Yeah. Imagine 60 year old oh Hispanic God. parents. Like, Dude, that warms my whole yeah, heart. Like, like, that's like my dream. Like, yeah. I, I honestly <laughs> believe it would have been harder for me, even though I'm tough, even though I don't like. Yeah. Because if I was the only one in my family, like the alien, like, I think it would be a little mm-hmm. tough. Mm-hmm. I'd still do it because mm-hmm. I don't give a crap, you know? <laughs> but. But the fact that my parents went vegan, and it, it was cool because it also helped us connect more. Mm-hmm. And I'm teaching them like how to make stuff. Because my father's like a really good cook. Yeah. Like here's the thing that, the crazy part about it. My father was a cook in our whole family. Mm-hmm. Like not just my mom and dad, like our extended family. Mm-hmm. So my, so they'd be like, is your dad cooking? I'm like, yeah. The whole family would come over. Mm-hmm. And he would make like three types of meat at every meal. Mm-hmm. And like cheese galore. and like, But he would make it kind of healthy, but... Mm-hmm. I still wasn't healthy now understanding, yeah. right? And he yeah. didn't know. It was nothing against him, right? Mm-hmm. But then somehow my dad reads the book, How Not to Die. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going vegan. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. And my mom just follows him because my dad's a leader. So mm-hmm. whatever my dad does, my mom, because he's a cook anyway. Yeah. So she's <laughs> like, I have to eat his food. And my mom was at first really like kind of like against it, uh-huh. right? Because my mom's American more than yeah. Mexican, you know? Yeah and uh but yeah i mean i was very fortunate because both my parents went vegan at the same time so imagine that and then as a child of parents right mm-hmm. you just want them to be healthy because they're retired you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. and and you just want them to be as healthy as they can be yeah. you know but like she said like it's so difficult to change it especially is. our parents like yeah, they're like what I, I change your freaking diapers are you gonna tell me how well, to exactly eat? they don't want to listen yeah. right and that's something yeah. that i always think and i just had a conversation with my mom because i made the mistake of when i first went vegan i i, sh- I tried to shove it down their yeah um, we've all we've all been a there little. Don't, yeah, yeah, don't feel yeah. bad yeah but it was coming from the most you know caring and loving place because i just same just what you said i just want the best for them i just yeah. want them to be healthy and i mm-hmm. just want them to be happy and i want them to heal yeah. you know in every single way so, um, I mean, that's where I am now. Like, yes, they are very, prog- they are very progressed in their illnesses, but like, I'm not going to give up on them. Well, it's never too late. No, like I you said, your so. body can regenerate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's awesome. And I, I, I will do whatever it takes to help, help that out. Maybe if they just hear you on this podcast, they'll be yeah. like, wow, yeah, that's kind of cool. You know, I can't <laughs> yeah. wait to share this podcast already. with yeah. mom. And also like, 
it's the mindset too yeah. it's the, the your heart your mindset you mm-hmm. have to like really train that mm-hmm. and then once you go to shifting to eating more plant-based mm-hmm. it just becomes more natural and easier yeah but it, re- it really starts in in the mind and your intention mm-hmm. i had an intention of going vegan in my 30s 30s when i was back in my early 20s mm-hmm. and i re- i did it yeah I just knew I was gonna go for it. Yeah, you know, and ten years. <laughs> that, that's so. That's so cool. Well, my my vegan journey was also about ten years long, and I think that's one thing. Just going back to emphasizing how patient you have to be with yourself, right? Because mm-hmm. right? you're not gonna have all the answers. Like unless you have all the money in the world to like hire hire yourself a vegan chef and all of that, like good on you. Yeah. But if you don't, and you have to learn the hard way, like most of us do, <laughs> then just be patient, right? And then having a vegan community is excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to the parent piece really quickly you know we we've gotten to the point where you know they come to my farmer's market every saturday and they order our food every saturday and i am just like so so tickled and so so happy about just that well even those small changes will make a big difference you know what i mean because it's the truth Mm -hmm. when something is the truth like (laughs) it's always gonna win you know what i mean yeah it's just that people you know it's a big change and and give credit people credit for that because your diet is a huge thing and then like you said if you don't know how to cook mm-hmm. it's an uphill battle yeah because then you're eating a lot of processed stuff mm-hmm. and that's not healthy either mm-hmm. you know what i mean and by the way you can be unhealthy and be a vegan so mm-hmm. we're not up here saying that vegans are the healthiest people in the world if you're eating oreos and not nothing but processed food and mm-hmm. you know you're that's not very healthy either. it's healthier than mm-hmm. the standard snack, american yeah. diet yeah. yeah but it's not healthy right yeah. healthy is whole foods plant-based mm-hmm. and then maybe 20 percent yeah processed it's supposed stuff to be 80 well. 20 so yeah. it really depends on how much snacks i'm mm-hmm. a i'm a snacky <laughs> i know i chips. eat a lot of snacks chips. depending yeah, on how much snacks you're eating you know like 20 percent is good 80 whole mm-hmm. foods mm-hmm. Yeah. you know that's 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 the good balance so. right yeah. you know that paired with right adequate sleep yeah. hydration yeah. i think we really our society takes for granted hydration and the quality mm-hmm. of the water that you're eating yeah right exercise and it doesn't have to be all crazy because i think like you know as a in high school right i played soccer and so like in my early adulthood it was like oh well if i'm not you know like like working myself to the bone then i'm not doing anything but it's the contrary like you just need that one thing that you're doing even if you're just doing something one day a week Mm -hmm. that's enough that's okay because that's gonna that's gonna kickstart this like motivation inside of you once that one thing bears fruit then you're gonna be like oh maybe i can do another thing yeah you know maybe i can wake up and run maybe i can you know it just it really does fuel and and the food allows you to have that energy that you need to do it mm-hmm. right and it's just it's oh it's everything right eating eating and having a lifestyle that is conducive to the biology of your body and i think that's the piece too because a lot of people are like oh animal meat is good for us because it has everything we need so your uncle said everything i need is in the steak mm-hmm. pointed at the steak <laughs> and i don't remember how old i was but i think i had to have been around like 14 15 16 oh, right wow. so already like thinking about um 
thinking about just you know the consequences of the food that we eat and my dad at the time had already begun to struggle a lot with diabetes Mm -hmm. so you know he had had ulcers on the bottom of his feet off and on all the time he broke his foot in six places and didn't even know because one of the side effects of diabetes is neuropathy right so neuropathy causes you not to feel anything from um your knee and below my gosh yeah that's horrible so um just experiencing all of that you know he spent total i want to say he spent years in bed just bedridden right and so you know family gatherings birthday parties vacations all kinds of things like we didn't we went on a lot of vacations like i'm not gonna act like we didn't because we absolutely did but we had to it was always an excuse like oh like my dad's not feeling well and we just we weren't able to fully participate in our family or in our community because because of an illness yeah you know it's very sad too because um like they just don't know like Mm -hmm. i mean it it like when i first started educating myself right because i don't just do something just because it's a fad or because someone says it's good but obviously what the health was one of the documentaries Mm -hmm. i watched and Mm -hmm. i started really doing research and reading i I did like maybe three months of research Mm -hmm. and then i don't know if you feel the same way but i got angry yeah i I felt like we've been freaking lied to like yeah. about food and in like so many different ways. Like all these family members that passed away and been yep. sick, like they didn't yep. need to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just you know, it's probably the most successful marketing scheme in the world mm-hmm. is the meat and dairy industry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they're very powerful, yep. you know. And they have lobbyists and you know, it's mm-hmm. like it's gonna take some time. But what I'm really happy about is the new generations, like yep. the millennials and Z, they're very progressive when it comes to that these babies are being born vegan like they already know like how many videos do you see on youtube of just like little babies and they're like no yeah i'm not gonna eat that babies are coming out vegan how they are they're just like much more aware yeah Mm -hmm. you know they're much more aware and a little bit less susceptible to you know just the same old thing yeah uh, that brings me to something the food system Mm -hmm. like (laughs) do you know that the jails the hospitals mm-hmm. and the schools have all the same food. Mm. I'm, I'm not surprised. No. Because I, yeah. I worked at a high school okay. yeah. for three years. I worked at some San Jose or Cristo Rey San Jose Jesuit High School. Um, and they had this company. Um, I don't know if I should name it or not. But X, matter, X Foods. Yeah. Right. And it's just it was all garbage food. Mm-hmm. But technically it was like oh, these are the, the state guidelines for healthy blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like the kids hated it Mm -hmm. right they hated every single thing about it and i think that's also the biggest marketing scheme ever is that if you if you make food that tastes terrible and say that it's healthy Mm -hmm. so people are going to think healthy food tastes terrible and that's that's the biggest lie in the whole entire world because healthy food actually tastes the best yeah if you talk if you think about the food that kids eat like Mm -hmm. we were having a conversation about when she used to eat cereal lucky charms in the morning and wonder why she felt like shit all the time i go to class i'm really sleepy Mm -hmm. i don't want to be here Mm -hmm. like my brain feels dead yeah yeah Yeah. because you just overloaded on sugar Mm -hmm. and like all these things we give to kids is like the worst food on earth and these are like kids by the way like um once their little brains get addicted to the sugar mm-hmm. and the salt and the cheese the mm-hmm. fat the and fat, the cheese yeah. like you've basically ruined them mm-hmm. like they're little addicts like we're all addicts anyways yeah. in, in, in some way like mm-hmm. i just i started intermittent fasting maybe mm-hmm. about a year ago yeah yeah and uh 
that really helped me get rid of my addiction to food because mm-hmm. i used to be one of those people that got hangry mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like i was hungry and i couldn't even think i couldn't yeah. talk i was like eh. mm-hmm. well what does a drug addict do when they don't get their drugs same cranky like mm-hmm. cranky they just give me that you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and especially in this country because yep. like it, whenever there's something in abundance mm-hmm. you have addictions right yeah. And so, like, you know, we're not in a third world country, like, we're in a rich country, we're in a first world country, where you can almost have whatever the hell, like, it's, like, ridiculous Mm -hmm. what they do to food, like, deep fried, something that's already deep fried, and, Mm -hmm. like... So fried Twinkies yeah. and then the like toad durkin or yeah. whatever. Like why are you putting a a, a what is it? Like a, a duck a inside duck of a chicken a inside of a turkey, like yeah. what? Yeah. It's a it's that a yeah, it's gross. a turducken. Uh-huh. A turducken there you yeah, go. It sounds disgusting now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah, like I mean it's 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 an it's it's a system thing, mm-hmm. right? And uh I know you wanted to talk about that, but basically our system and, you know, I don't want to, like, demonize anybody who's, like, rich and powerful because mm-hmm. not everybody who's rich and powerful is, is bad. Is bad. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, um, especially with the leadership now, and this is not a political podcast mm-hmm. either, but you have so many powerful people in positions where they don't really care about people's health. They don't really mm-hmm. care about the future. It's a lack of leadership, really, mm-hmm. is what it is. Mm-hmm. True, um, true leadership, right? True leadership, True, true yeah. compassionate leadership yeah. because... I don't know. And obviously, like, I haven't crunched the numbers. And I imagine because I I was always curious, just like growing up and going to college and understanding that, like, okay, if if capitalism is so is so much so going to be for the advantage of the few. Like, how how is that going to be a high return in the long run? Yeah. Like what we do is we get, you know, we get a a big chunk of, of cash or whatever resources in the beginning. And then that dwindles. And because it dwindles, we have to cut, 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 cut into our bottom line so that the people in power continue to get, get, get more. But I don't know. I feel that. And, you know, if you follow like universal laws, the universal law of abundance, if you give, if you give, give, give to others, like inevitably you are going to get back. Mm -hmm. Like that's just that's that's how the universe goes. Yeah. So I agree. If we can change our mentality and if we can say like, no, giving to you doesn't take anything away from me. Giving to you actually amplifies 100%. the amount that I'm going to get back. Mm-hmm. Like if we can move forward into our future, into the next, even just to the next mm-hmm. four months, mm-hmm. you know, with a little bit of that, with a little bit of that, we, we are going to see a different world. Yeah. yeah. And you hit it on the head, like, because obviously my previous company, it's a company where people are extremely wealthy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking about millionaires. Yeah. People making fifty thousand, sixty thousand, seventy thousand, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars a month, mm, right? Dang. And what I learned is that it's not really that there's rich people with their finger on you trying to keep you down. Mm-hmm. It's the mindset. Mm-hmm. It's the way people think. Yeah. So obviously, I come from a middle class upbringing, right? Mm-hmm. We were poor in the beginning, and mm-hmm. then we were middle class. So I remember when I was little, my aunt, I didn't know why, but my both my aunts and uncles lived with us mm-hmm. and went home, and I was like, whoa. I just thought it was normal, right? Yeah. It was cool to have my cousins live with us, yeah. right? Little did I know that my parents could not really afford the house. Mm-hmm. They just had to have three families in there to, to afford it, right? Mm-hmm. But as my mom and dad started moving up in their careers, we started moving to better areas and stuff like that. And uh, so I learned that it's all about the mindset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to be proud to be middle class. Mm-hmm. But if, if you just look at the basis of middle class, mm-hmm. you're in the middle. Yeah. Like you're not too low. 
but you're not successful either. You're mm-hmm. just kind of like average, mm-hmm. right? And we were programmed to think that average is okay. Mm. You know, they say the middle class is the hardest class to become successful from mm-hmm. because you're not poor, like like where you're so poor that you yeah. hate it so much that yeah. you need to become rich and then yeah. become successful. But then again, you're not wealthy like the Trumps and the, you know, the, 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 the Clintons and, uh, you know, all these super successful people where mm-hmm. their parents are like, oh, my friend's the CEO of this company. Mm-hmm. You just graduated. Let me call him and get you the job as the VP. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And again, nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I'm not judging. I'm just explaining. Um, it's all mindset. Yeah. It really is. The diet's all mindset. Mm-hmm. The lifestyle's all mindset. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, abundance. This world is meant to be abundant. Mm-hmm we can have it all if we really truly believe in it and you want to, and you're willing to put in the work for it you know what yeah. i mean most people especially the middle class mm-hmm. they want the dream but they don't not, they're not going to put in the work yeah or they don't or they don't want to give up their family time mm-hmm. or their parcheesi or their hobbies you have to you have to sacrifice in the success mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. demands that, that you pay the price up front and in full. Yep. You mm-hmm. cannot have it all. You're not gonna there's no such thing as balance. Balance is an absolute BS myth, mm-hmm. right? You have to be temporarily unbalanced mm-hmm. in order to be able to have I wouldn't call it balance, but to have kind of freedom, mm-hmm. right? But the middle class, I think I call it a disease, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like I was raised middle class whatever if you're middle class i mean i'm not talking smack or anything but i'm trying to wake you up and say like that is really like a disease Mm -hmm. like that's the reason people are super wealthy is because they don't think like that Mm -hmm. they -hmm. think abundant yeah they think i can have it all they think i'm gonna be the number one and they put they back it up with work Mm -hmm. they sometimes sacrifice the the comforts of middle class like middle class likes to be comfortable yeah they don't like to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. they they have their their child's football game and basketball game and family time and weekend parties and then they wake up 50 years later and nothing ever happened mm-hmm. you know what i mean where yeah. where if you think differently like i wouldn't even call it upper class because upper class doesn't have the compassion mm-hmm. it's called world class beliefs mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you have abundance you operate from love you learn about health because you don't because they say peace starts on the plate Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and how can you have peace if what you're putting in your body is causing unrest in in your own system right Mm -hmm. so i don't know why i went on this big tangent but (laughs) you kind of like sparked something when you talked about abundance right like the reason i started this podcast is i truly understand that there is there life is abundant Mm -hmm. like yeah, Joe Rogan, he's number one right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's other people that have millions and two million, and Mr. Beast has 40 million, mm-hmm. and PewDiePie has 100 million. Dan but Yeah, but there's 8 billion people in the world. Mm-hmm. There's enough for everybody. There is. The, the pie is definitely big yeah. enough. And the middle class um, tangent that you went on spoke yeah. to me too, because I also can say that I came from the middle class. Yeah. Right? And most of my family was <clears throat> was middle class or is middle class but the the reason why i decided to have a business and the reason why i feel so motivated to do this is because i'm not just thinking about myself right i'm not just thinking about my kids i'm thinking about seven generations there and you go. that's how the world class thinks yeah and that's exactly. how we have to think and if we think like that then nobody is ever going to go without because we're thinking about seven generations. Our kids are going to think about seven generations and everybody behind them is going to continue to do the work that's necessary or uphold and sustain the systems that we create in order for it to just continue to generate and generate and generate. And I believe it's possible. Amen. Like Mm -hmm. 
I don't even want to say amen. I'm not very really religious, <laughs> but but the Bible even says that this is a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, if you're not wealthy, and by the way, we live in a capitalist system. Yep. And I was talking to my friend about this the other day. I go, there's capitalism, there's communism, there's mm-hmm. socialism. Mm-hmm. We're in capitalism. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Like you said earlier, it's designed for only a few to succeed. Yep. That's just the way it is, right? Um, it's still the greatest country in the world. I'm not saying anything bad about it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we have our issues. Yeah, we have some wacky stuff going on, right? Mm-hmm. But in the end, someone that comes from like, you know, for example, you know, my videographer Hatem, he comes from like Syria, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe the Philippines, a third world country. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have the opportunities in those countries that you have here. Mm-hmm. And then these immigrants come to the United States and yeah. they absolutely mop up the floor with the yeah. Americans, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Why? Because they go, what's wrong with you? Like you have freedom here. Like you could do whatever the heck you want. Yeah. Uh, and then they succeed because mm-hmm. they put in the work, they appreciate it, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we live in a capitalist society. So people out there listening to this podcast, if you're in the United States and you're complaining about your life, well, do something about it. Well, and that, that's really an opportunity for people to look within, right? Exactly. Are you, if you're complaining about your life and you're blaming your job for your unhappiness or you're blaming your partner for your unhappiness, you're blaming your dad, you're blaming, I've, I've been through so many situations where um, a really small example, like time management, Mm-hmm. Right. My parents never taught me time management. Of course. My parents never taught me financial management. <laughs> yep. You know, it was it was just kind of a free for all, you know, like they got money, they spent money, they refinanced their house four times. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, a unhealthy pattern mm-hmm. of of I, I don't know, I, I want to say like life chaos, mm-hmm. you know, kind of. But but it was fun. And I'm not trying to say anything bad because my parents were, were wonderful. But at the same time, I, I can't continue to become a more mature adult and say, oh, I don't do X because they didn't teach me. Mm-hmm. You and everyone right, has the opportunity. If you want to better your health, we have access to the World Wide Web. Uh-huh. The, yeah. <laughs> the internet <laughs> is <Thank> abundant <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with exactly. information. All it takes is curiosity and mm-hmm. all it takes is patience yeah. and all it takes is a little bit of dedication. And one of the pieces that um, that you were talking about when you were talking about your grandfather. Um, grandmother. Grandmother, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Grandmother, um, what it comes back to for me and for my family especially is the, the connection to self and the self-love. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you don't have self-love, you're not going to make a commitment to better yourself. You're not going to make a commitment to better your family. What you're going to do is you're going to sit in your ego. You're going to sit in your anger. You're going to sit in your resentment or you're going to sit in whatever feeling that doesn't serve you. So that's that's another huge thing, especially for nowadays. Like, you know, if if y'all out there are, are sitting with resentment and anger and you don't know what to do about it or you know you find yourself drinking yourself into the toilet and <laughs> fighting with your best friends or yeah. doing things that really are not benefiting you in any way that is an opportunity and a message from the universe to say hey like i really need to look at this mm-hmm. and i need to step out of my ego and step out of my you know of my pride and say what is my actual goal what is it that i want what does everybody want 
to be happy. Exactly. To have love in their life. Like, yeah. it's not fucking rocket science. Exactly. Simple. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> it's simple. so simple. Yeah. You know, they say your ego is not your amigo, right? <laughs> you know? And, uh, but do you think our system is designed to make you not love yourself? Yes. Can you mm. talk about that a little bit? Because I, I think, honestly, like, I grew up in the age of not social media. Mm-hmm. And then I also grew up, now I'm living in the age of social mm-hmm. media. So yeah. us as, like, the sandwich generation, you know, mm-hmm. I have, they say my generation, and maybe both of you guys a little bit too, is like, but especially me, because I'm from the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have boomer values, mm-hmm. because we did kind of like, I was like near the end of the boomers. The boomers yeah. ended in like 64, I think. Um, so I was like maybe 12 years or 13 years after the boomer generation, but I also caught in uh, onto the technology, mm. uh, craze, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not like a boomer that doesn't understand technology at all. Yeah. And they're like, what is this computer thing? You know yeah. what I mean? Or this iPhone, you know, or <laughs> uh, this whatever, but I, I also have the, the values, but so growing up in both generations, I can see now where like. When I was growing up, like if you screwed up, it's not like all over the internet. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like people can't shame you. It's like just your little group of friends, and that's it. You know? Yeah. But w- what's your opinion on? Because you talked about self love, which is very, very important. You Super, know? Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why there's a lot of divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why. I mean, just the way things are now, like talking about OnlyFans and all this kind of stuff. Like, you know. Um, I think it doesn't allow you to love yourself or you figure it out much mm-hmm. later in life. What's mm-hmm. your opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like especially as a as a young person and it all for me it all starts in conditioning, right? It depends on like the values and the experiences that any child will have during conditioning. So right, Okay, I agree 100%. Yeah, during conditioning and this is really just on my own uh, personal experience and my observations of my friends. I have a lot of friends who have kids, mm-hmm. right? And there's not a lot of instances where parents will like really like get down face to face with their kid and say, you know, um, and explain like certain behaviors or certain actions. Right. And, um, an example. So on Monday I went over to my friend's house for labor day and her little girl. So it was her, her aunt and her daughter and her aunt asked her daughter if she wanted some water and the daughter like, yelled at her like really aggressively like no i don't want any water yeah just like a heck of a man and they were like whoa they're like this was crazy and instead of saying hey why like where where did that come from or are you angry mm-hmm. right are you upset you know if you don't dissect the reason for the action then you you give judgment Right. right to the you give judgment to the child and you say oh this child she has an attitude mm-hmm. you know or this child she doesn't know how to speak well or she's you know mal criada mm-hmm. in spanish so mal um, not mal educated yeah. right or not raised well and so it's interesting that like we we really don't give our children the tools to think introspectively because mm-hmm. they understand the world in accordance to the other Right. right. In in accordance to like me. So one thing that I'm working through in my adulthood is people pleasing. And I've realized in a, in my recent past that I grew up my whole entire life has basically been people pleasing. Mm-hmm. Right. And it starts with my parents because I never wanted my parents to be mad at me. Mm-hmm. I never wanted them to be upset with me. So what did I do? I tried to do everything to make them happy. 
everything to make them proud everything you know that's why i went to the schools that i went to that's why i got the grades that i got because i wanted to make them happy mm-hmm. but did anybody ever ask me what the hell i wanted to do mm-hmm. no no <laughs> but you did right you ask um, yourself yeah yeah i yeah. asked myself and i knew but you know when you're little you feel powerless yeah. you know you feel helpless i always talk about that that's another rant like i mean literally like you could trigger me off like a hundred different mm-hmm. rants but I'll just talk about it real quick because it's yeah. not about me. But um, so we're, we're usually, if we had good parents and we loved our parents mm-hmm. and they really were strong parents, we usually end up living our parents' dream mm-hmm. uh, until hopefully one day we, we, we wake up. And that's really the, one of the main reasons for this podcast is because yeah. I'm here going to be 43 in a couple months, right? And I'm barely discovering my purpose Mm -hmm. and sometimes it does take that long right Mm -hmm. but i remember when i was like mm, i was like 28 right i was married had the job had a degree Mm -hmm. picket fence two Mm -hmm. dogs right and i was miserable yeah and i was like i mean i had a great wife and i'm really glad that we're actually my ex-wife and i were good friends now it Mm -hmm. took a long time right yeah but um I woke up one day and I was like, what the heck? I am not living the life I want to live. Mm. I am living the life my parents want me to live. Yep. And it was the scariest, most weird realization in the world. And um, nothing against my parents. Like you said, like our parents did the best that they could, mm-hmm. right? If you had good parents, and I'm pretty sure we all had pretty good parents because mm-hmm. we ended up okay. Like, you know, everybody has issues, right? But, um, you know part of this podcast is called the split seekers right mm-hmm. i want we you know we want to inspire people to find their true purpose and follow the purpose because what is life what is life about yeah like life is really about you realizing why you're here and and contributing and doing something that fulfills you because mm-hmm. you know whether you live a long life or a short life mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a it's an infinite it's a, it's not infinite it's a, it's a period of time right mm-hmm. And um, if you live your life to make other people happy, you're going to have a very miserable, very upset, sad Mm -hmm. existence. Or maybe you're okay with that, but you just, you're never going to really reach your full potential, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so, um, yeah, that's super powerful. Like, I mean, I want to inspire people to go and really find their true purpose, regardless of where you're at. Because like you said, we could find ourselves people pleasing. Mm -hmm. It's called uh, approval addiction, and actually, mm-hmm. most of it have most of it have mm-hmm. it a lot. And we're taught from young because yes. kids learn. Oh, if I make parents happy, mm-hmm. I, I get, get what this. I want. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's I mean, that's really a big, big, big topic and a big deal. Is like, mm-hmm. do not live your life to to, to please other your parents. People's eyes. Yeah, no. you you have one life. Mm-hmm. Figure out what what you're here to do on this mm-hmm. earth, and just go do it, no matter how scary. Mm-hmm. And by the way, people who do stuff doesn't mean they're not afraid. Yeah, they just have courage. Mm-hmm. W- one big component of leadership is courage. Mm-hmm. It means they're afraid, but they still do it afraid. Mm-hmm. And what isn't it? Isn't it like Will Smith has a quote? You know, like your your wildest dreams are on just on the other side of your fear. Yeah, anyone yeah. skydiving. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, I know. Yeah. Definitely on my bucket list. Me but too. I am we should afraid do it. of falling. Do you want to go skydiving? I, I don't know. I'm still yeah. a little okay. Oh, yeah, we're so you can, I'll, I'll, no pressure. I can film. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm yeah. one of those people that like, I go, hmm, 
if I could lose my life or a limb, it's probably not worth it for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, like, that's good. I, I like, measure the risk. You need to have here. boundaries. But, but, but I understand. Like, yeah. the, the risk of getting hurt in skydiving is very no, small. Like, There's yeah, professionals. Just like I'm super afraid of sharks because mm-hmm. I watched Jaws like when I was little, yeah. right? And like, like, a little seaweed touches my foot and I'm like mm-hmm. jamming out of the water, right? But, but uh, in actuality, you know, sharks are just like yeah. demonized. It's very They're actually rare. like really, really yeah. nice yeah. animals. They are. But then again, if you get bit by a shark, I mean, you're That's in their freaking, suck. you're in their, like you're in their zone. Like mm-hmm. you're in their territory. Yeah. That would be like a fish walking into a sushi restaurant and be like, how the heck did I end up sushi? Like what's <laughs> going on here? Like wh- I was just trying to walk around and all of a sudden... <laughs> Like a big bluefin tuna walks into a sushi restaurant and wonders why the heck he became sushi. Well, hello, you go into the ocean. That's not our. Yeah. That's no. not our realm. That's no. sharks' realm, you True. know. And if they decide to bite you because they think you're food, and mm-hmm. oops, I'm sorry, I made an accident, but now your legs off, then mm-hmm. you know whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I just want to add something real quick about yeah. our parents. Um, sure. You know, I, I, I look at I looked at uh, my parents, um, their divorce mm. and I was really confused on which one to follow as, as my leader. But I realized growing up, I'm just going to like take all the good from one side to the mm-hmm. other. And and then, you know, I'm 31 now and obviously I still look up to them somehow. Mm-hmm. And I really had I was like arguing with myself throughout this year is what, what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of it is because I want to please them. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. want to do what makes them happy. Yeah. You know, and I made a very clear intention that I'm going to do what I love and I'm going to take care of my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, I mean, my mom right here approves of this. Like, she That's loves cool. this yeah. idea, mm-hmm. a That's YouTube good. channel. My dad doesn't know yet, but, you know, eventually <laughs> I'm just going to surprise him. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh, for me... Or he'll get like, surprised with one of his friends. Be like, hey, isn't this your daughter? Yeah. What? <laughs> exactly. But for me, I had to really uh, accept the fact that I'm going to do things my way, mm-hmm. even though other people won't approve of it. Mm-hmm. If I'm not hurting anyone and I'm, it's coming from the heart, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah. So... As long yeah. as it's legal, moral, and ethical, yeah. then... I mean, in in the end, you're gonna win because this is what exactly. happens. At first, they hate because then they they're, they're just like most of the time, parents and family they just want the best for you. Mm-hmm. So for them, it was impossible. Mm-hmm. For right. them, it was scary. So they're trying to protect you, yep. right? But this is what's gonna happen. First, they're gonna they might hate or they might not understand, and then they're gonna be like, "Oh wow, like you did it!" And then they'll be like, "Oh, I knew you could always do it." And mm-hmm. You're like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> you're being negative the whole time." You know. Anyways, I can go off on that forever yeah. too, but. You know, um, our parents' job is to make us be able to be productive human beings mm-hmm. on earth. That's mm-hmm. pretty much all their job is. Yeah, to, that's what it boils we can down feed to. ourselves, we can work, we, we can do productive. Mm-hmm. The rest is up to us, mm-hmm. yeah. to be honest. Once you're an adult, like even if you had a messed up upbringing, like you're not a tree. Like you can yeah. change. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you, you can, can, yeah. You, you can, can adapt, right? You so, can move. <laughs> you're not a tree. You can move. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, keep it moving. And, and, and you know, they, they're going to do the best that they can, but really it's up to us. And then just real quick, I wanted to go back on the values because uh, I, I, I agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. But the Jesuits, they have a saying that says, give us child from zero to seven mm-hmm. and I'll show you the man or mm-hmm. woman or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what does that mean? from zero to seven our brains are in record mode yeah that's when we're creating our subconscious mm-hmm. and our subconscious makes 80 to 90 percent of our decisions so anything that happened to us from zero to seven whether it's good bad or traumatizing or whatever mm-hmm. 
we don't even realize it, but we're pretty much on autopilot for most of our lives based on that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so if it's like limiting beliefs, if it's like trauma, if it's anything, it's going to stick with you forever until you actually take a deep dive into yourself mm -hmm. and try to like address it. Right. Yeah. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, values and all that kind of stuff is so important because one of my missions is to create a school mm -hmm. for kids from zero to seven, mm -hmm. right? Because I know if we can get them there and teach them like nutrition, teach them like like stuff that actually works in life, yeah. like mm -hmm. leadership, like life skills, like goals, <laughs> like budgeting your checkbook, Survival like learning skills. about taxes, like cooking, <laughs> like all this kind of regu uh, emotional regulation, mm -hmm. exactly emotional mm -hmm. intelligence, yeah. stuff yeah. like that, That's goal true. setting, like. If they can learn that from zero to seven, mm -hmm. unless they do something really crazy in their life, they'll be pretty much set. You know yeah. what I mean? And the most important thing for me, especially our culture as being Hispanic, is, is nutrition. Because mm -hmm. like growing up when I was in high school, there wasn't that many overweight people. Yeah. There was like one or two in mm -hmm. the whole school. Mm -hmm. Right. That's true. And then now you go to like middle schools and you'll see like young kids. Obese. Like, obese. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't want to get controversial here, but that's mm -hmm. kind of like child abuse for it the parents mm. it is, child, that is child yeah. abuse yeah, yeah. because so, i mean and again i'm not i'm not here to call parents bad or anything like that because obviously they don't know either they're just going whatever but like it really is it's kind of like child abuse because mm. if you set the kid up with bad eating habits from the get-go like mm. they're pretty much screwed like yeah. if you're obese in middle school like <laughs> your whole life is messed up mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. um but anyways, uh, I digress. So uh, one of my passions is to try to create a school. Uh, I wanted it to be for Hispanic mm -hmm. people, but obviously I don't want to like yeah, not include anybody else, right? But I wanted to one day teach about like all the stuff that actually works in life. Mm -hmm. And then like they say, like learn the, the kid. What are their natural gifts and talents mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. work to that? Yeah, and how is the how do they learn best? Exactly. I think mm. that that was a huge thing for me because, you know, they just put us into this like, you know, machine that teaches everybody the same. Right. We all took those star tests. We yeah. all had to like circle a million bubbles. Mm. And unfortunately, I mean, the way that I believe that I learn the best because I, you know, like I wanted to be a doctor going to college and I like I failed. Right. I failed in biology. I failed in chemistry. But it was because uh, a lecture style classroom was not where I oh, excelled. But okay. I had a D right in like the class and I had an A plus in the lab. So oh, like for so me to be on. able, yeah, to be able to like touch and feel and see and record and, and watch and experiment. Yeah. Right. That is how I learned the best. So I, I feel that 100 percent because our education system. Yeah, school system's yeah. messed up. Mm -hmm. It's completely broken. Yeah. They try to put all the kids in a, in a all the in a square or, or round hole, and mm -hmm. it is what it is. But I was really bored. Yeah, yeah. I was more of an artist. Yeah, before. I think all the creative kids were just like I was really the whole bored. time. Yeah, really bored. <laughs> yeah. I used to, I used to, the teachers used to get mad at me and want to punish me because I would just be drawing all the time. Because yeah. like, I went to a private Christian school. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know, but Liberty Baptist. Mm -mm. It's in the East Side. It's right off of Capitol and King. Mm. or king becomes silver creek right oh, wow. oh, okay so it's like up there yeah it's like yeah. so if you're going down capital towards aborn and you make mm -hmm. a left on silver creek it becomes king and it's on the right mm. and it was the only private school on the east side yeah so my kids i don't know i'm my kids excuse me my parents sent mm -hmm. me to go there um you know when i was young because they wanted me to have a pretty good mm -hmm. you know start basically mm -hmm. But that start, I stopped at fifth grade. Just that start put me like three years ahead of all the other kids when I went to public school, mm. which is crazy. But anyways, yeah. so let's 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 get back to uh, 
to talking about your business, right? Because you are the founder and owner of California Vegan Food. So yep. how did that all come about? Yeah, um, it's it's so interesting. I was actually inspired by a, a familiar snack, right? Okay. Ants on a log. And this was when ants I was... Ants on a log. Ants on a log. Okay. I was inspired by ants on a log to... Because I was really, you know, I was in my early 20s at the time. I've, I've always been, ever since, right, I was 16 and I became vegetarian, I've always been, like, pretty committed to, like, eating healthier and trying to trying to solve these social problems of, of yeah. food, right? And so everybody's like, oh, like, we're so busy. Like, we need to, you know, we need to eat fast and we need to eat on the go. So that snack inspired me to think about, like, oh, like a breakfast bar. Yeah. And, like, a breakfast bar, that would be awesome. What so, it, you know, I'm sorry, what is ants on a log? Because I'm uh, not ants familiar on the, with oh, sorry, it. Oh, Celery, peanut butter, and raisins. Oh, okay. Yeah. Celery, peanut butter. I've raisins. never heard uh-huh. that before. Ants on a log. Cool. Yeah. Now it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that snack, right? Celery, peanut butter, raisins. That combination really just kind of like kickstarted this idea of how could we create something that is accessible, that is healthy, that is delicious, and that is like easy to eat on the go. Yeah. Right. Um, and that was like the initial kind of like, oh, this is kind of like the vegan food like format or value system that I that I started with. OK. And then over time, I tested out a couple different things. Right. I started um, with Concha Libre out of the East Bay. I started okay. making um, pan dulce. Pan dulce, yeah. Conchas. Yeah. There what is, is not. There, we need more of that, by the way. Abs- we do. There's not. The What's only one I know is like. So pan dulce. Sweet bread. The Mexican, oh, yeah. you know, the Mexican sweet breads that are very colorful and mm-hmm. they have like oh, yeah, s- yeah, swirl yeah, designs yeah, yeah, right. on them. Yeah, okay. A little chunk of sugar okay. on top. Yeah. Basically a bunch of sugar yeah. and milk. Right. <laughs> All the stuff that kill you, sugar, right? Sugar, so you have that in vegan version? Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah, so I started, yeah. oh, okay. and there's there's a lot. So if you guys don't know about Jaguar Baker, then... I've heard of them, yeah. but I've never tried them. We'll yeah. check them out. So, so good. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Shout so out to Jaguar Baker. Heck yeah, Alicia, we love you. Yeah. Um, so essentially like I started baking with them and then realized that like baking wasn't really my thing. Okay. Um, and then I was kind of like exploring like what are the other like what is the thing? You know, what is what it what was the vegan problem that I wanted to solve for myself? Okay. And so what I would do, and it's funny how you mentioned that you made your own Satan a little while ago, um, because Satan, right? That's is, a word um, you gotta be very careful with. Because <laughs> it sounds like Satan and that's why that's why I don't call it Satan. I call it either Satan, wheat yeah. meat or wheat protein. Oh wheat meat. I like that. Oh, okay. Wheat meat or wheat protein. Um, and so actually my co founder, Miguel, who is from Peru, okay. um, we we met on LinkedIn, which was kind of random okay. but long story short he ended up coming to the united states we worked together while i was working at Vegilution community farm while i was there i was a volunteer program manager and i would host every first saturday of the month we would have these farm days and a farm day included yoga included farm volunteering a cooking class food truck youth garden farm stand right so we had like a mini little carnival kind of like set up and we would have community chefs come in and make stuff and so i invited him to come make stuff and he made these cool like um little soy little meatballs and he would make his own seitan mm-hmm. right which was just a, a wheat based meat alternative yeah vital now, wheat gluten vital wheat gluten that's really all it is mm-hmm. um and now there's this all this thing about gluten but we can get yeah unless that you're later. Gluten, you have a gluten sensitivity sorry but <laughs> <laughs> but that's also connected back to the adulteration of the food system in the united 100%. states 100 percent yeah. Mm. By the way, I, gluten used to bug me. Yeah. When I went vegan, I eat all the gluten in the world. It doesn't mm-hmm. bug me anymore. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the gluten. It was my digestive system was all jacked up from all e- the other stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so, so Miguel. Miguel, Miguel taught me his version of how to make right the the plant based meat alternative. 
Um, and through that knowledge and through that understanding, right, we, we started working together, testing things out and I would, I would eat his meat for myself and that was perfect, right? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't, I really didn't enjoy the meat alternatives from the store at the time. Like they were just, um, so it was funny too, because he has a, he had a nephew who went to school at the high school that I was teaching, that I was working at at the time I was the admissions coordinator. Um, and so, right, I left that school, started working at Vegilution, and we started just working together and really just like spending time to, to dream, right? I spent mm-hmm. about, so from the initiation of the ants on the log, the whole, the time frame between like the birth of the idea to the execution was six years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so I, the, the vision took six years to, mm-hmm. to, to come. And by the way, that's awesome that, that it, you even were patient enough for mm-hmm. that. Because most people quit during that time. Yeah, yeah, and I knew it's because I knew I knew that that was something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I knew that this was something that I could be good at. You know, I knew yeah. this was something that would fuel me, and it does. Yeah. Right, it, it gives me so much energy, and I have so much passion for it, and I love it so much That's because awesome. because it's comparable. You know, so now what we do is we make two versions of plant-based meat alternative that has a base of beans wheat gluten and almond butter oh wow and so people are always like oh like where are you gonna get your protein well those three things that's that's a that's complete a ton of protein right that's there. a complete yeah. plant protein so like bodybuilders out there like our yeah. product has the most protein like good fats and a really nice amount of yeah. carbohydrates do you guys use pea protein at all uh we don't at the moment but okay. i do once we get a little bit bigger and i have i have like the cash flow to buy like so many ingredients so is it more expensive the pea protein, pea protein is more expensive okay. yeah okay. and i just i don't have the capacity to like um to work with it right now especially since you're like on a bigger scale like mm-hmm. you're feeding like a lot of people you gotta of course you gotta and you gotta do what's more economical for the business right? absolutely especially yeah. right now right because we're so yeah. small we're not even two years old yet yeah so um you know he he really inspired me and helped me to build the vision of what we could accomplish yeah. and what we could do. And so it got to the point where, you know, I just decided New Year's 2019. I was like, if I don't start now, I'm never going to start. So I just did it, right? I filled out all the paperwork. I got my That's corporation. Exciting. Just take action. Yep. I just, I just doing went, here. went yeah. all in. And so I got incorporated in March, made my first sale in May. That's awesome. And we've been going ever since. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so you guys are, so you guys started with the faux meats. Uh, yes, we still we manufacture. That's like our our bread and butter. That's your bread and butter. Yeah, because I think I remember that. Like um, when I first started learning about California, I didn't know it was you, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad I found out later it was you. That's awesome. But I started seeing like on uh, I think it was uh, Vegan Veganos was mm-hmm. posting a lot about oh get these you know meats they come in bulk you know I'm like wow because mm-hmm. honestly I agree with you I think that's the 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 best way to reach people. Mm-hmm. is to give them a meat alternative that's yep. close enough and tasty enough mm-hmm. to what they're used to, Yeah. right? Because, you know, rice is easy to make, mm-hmm. vegetables are easy to make, mm-hmm. you know, but then there's, the, oh, how do I get my protein, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of silly because in the in a, in a way, Americans are not protein starved. No, they're not. Everything We're, has protein. Everything does. Everything. With, they're fiber starved. <laughs> they are fiber deficient, absolutely. So... If you're out there and you're not plant-based and you're wondering why you don't poop mm-hmm. or you have issues digesting or, by the way, I, I don't know, who cares, whatever, it's my podcast, yeah, I can do whatever you I want. Say what you want. <laughs> but I used to have poop, you know, digestive issues, yeah. right? And, uh, like that's, only poop once a week, like my mom? Yeah, like, well, I would poop, but it just was not the best experience, right? Yeah. And I was bloated all the time. Yeah. 
and I ate healthy. Mm-hmm. I ate chicken mm-hmm. and vegetables mm-hmm. and, and rice and this. And I was like, why the heck do I feel like crap all the time? Yeah. Right. And now I poop like six times a day. <laughs> like literally, like yep. in the morning, it's three times. Yep. Like literally. And like they say, it. <laughs> welcome to the Bliss Seekers podcast, guys. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about poop. Yes, we are. Keeping it real. Yeah. We're keeping it, but this is uh-huh. important yeah. because yeah. It's important. they're starting to learn about the, the gut microbiome, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. the most important thing mm-hmm. to health, right? They say it's our brain. Yeah. Like it's our you guys take yeah. probiotics? Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't take probiotics because a plant based diet is prebiotic, yeah. which is even better than probiotics because it's already doing what it needs to do. Right. So you don't really need pro. But mm-hmm. probiotics is good it's too. Good Nothing too. wrong like with it too. Kombucha? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. kombucha, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Like, I don't drink alcohol anymore. Mm-mm, Kombucha's like my beer, right? Yeah. Um, maybe one day we'll have this huge vegan, like, chain where, like, instead of, like, sodas, it's mm-hmm. kombuchas, mm-hmm. you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, out of the tap, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, anyways, my digestive issues are gone. Mm-hmm. I'm regular. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, anyways, people just Google gut health. Mm-hmm. It's the most important thing, yeah. right? And if, if you're not... If you don't have a healthy gut, that means you're lacking fiber. Mm-hmm. And the standard American diet is 100% lacking fiber. Absolutely. It's like meat, cheese, and bread. Mm-hmm. Where's, starch. The, where's, where's the fiber? You know there, what I mean? There's, no, there's yeah. nothing green, right? And yeah. you, you'll hear so many people say, oh, I hate everything green. And I just want to speak on like a family example of the fiber. Yeah. Is that like in my family, and I feel like this is true with a lot of people's family. It's like, it's like, oh, we we don't talk about that. We go to the bathroom. Yeah. You know, like we're not we're not human beings. Like you have to go to the bathroom. Like you go upstairs around the corner and behind oh, wow. and on the other side of the street, right? <laughs> yeah. Because that's like something that we don't yeah. do. That doesn't make any sense in the world, and just shows like how how ideologically separate right we are from our own biology from our own being like this is our body this is our machine like this is our car like why wouldn't we want to treat it with like the best food why wouldn't we want it to operate in the best ways yeah right and um so my mom two years ago right when she became disabled from from parkinson's i i i worked on her her digestive process and it was amazing because she went from only using the restroom one time a week literally one time that's crazy yeah and all i had to do was give her a little bit of cucumbers Mm -hmm. a little bit of uh, lettuce Mm -hmm. some avocado just like some green vegetables yeah every day wow once a day. I bet you she feels amazing too. Yeah, it was beautiful. I mean, yeah. she she didn't follow it because I'm not making the food for her right. anymore, you yeah. know. So she's not following it now. But it just goes to show like how quickly yeah. you can change things. Yeah. And once you have that initial change, everything else is just it's like a domino effect yeah. in your body because we are really meant to be plant based. Like people say, oh, we have canines. Yeah. <laughs> These aren't canines. It's what they call them because yeah. they want you to think that yeah. we're meant to eat meat. But no, we don't. We don't lunge at cows and, you know, yeah. bite their fur off. I would love to see some carnivore go do that and be successful. Uh, you'll have some, don't say that because you'll have some idiot out there listening <laughs> to this podcast and be like, watch me. Don't you know? do it yeah. and be an idiot yeah. and just have some compassion and eat yeah. some eat some veggies. But, but it is true. Like, I just tell people, you don't love meat. Yeah. You love the texture and the idea of it, right? Because I made the, the seitan, mm-hmm. right? And, I mean, I'm still perfecting it, right? Mm-hmm. But... It's, it's not exactly like meat, but I mean, if I gave it to like my non-vegan friends and they're like, wow, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. And, and like, because the meat just takes the flavor of the spices and whatever you cook yeah. it with. 
So you, they're not you, gonna eat it raw. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you really love meat, you'd eat it raw exactly. with no seasoning mm-hmm. or like even Uncooked. boiled. Yeah. People don't even like boiled chicken. Uh huh. Because it doesn't really have flavor. It's too dry. Yeah, it's, right. yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it's just like bland and whatever. Because yeah. you don't like the chicken, you mm. don't like the meat, you like the actual spices and the yeah. way it's cooked and everything. Exactly. Anyways, we can go off. No, but for, it's ugh. true. And yeah. so, just kind of like speaking on what we've done at the farmers market, because you know we're we've been at the farmers market now for nine months. Um, in a, in the first year of our operation, so I guess we're like. Yeah, we're almost two years old. Next March, congratulations! California become will yeah. be two years old. We made it through the hey, first year. There you go. Um, and we did we did pretty well. And thank you so much to I have to give a shout out to Ivana and to Marcos um, yeah. and to my sister in law Maria and to my brother in law Furman for being volunteers with us and and Cheke. Thank you so much, Cheke, for putting in the time. Right yeah. when we didn't have the money to pay people, um, yeah. they really did put in their time. So quick quick acknowledgement for them. But right, first year we ran kind of like a festival circuit. We w- we went to so many different festivals, all of the vegan and vegetarian festivals mm-hmm. that we could go to possibly, and then I really felt like my community wants wants consistency. Right, right, wants me to be in one place where they know I'm gonna be and they know they can get the food that they want. So I decided and made the best business decision yet to start a farmers market back in December. Oh wow. But I didn't know it was gonna be successful because in December this particular farmers market, the Greater Rose Garden Farmers Market across the street from Lincoln High School in San Jose, California, this farmers market was only like five vendors big. Wait, the Rose Garden, is that in Willow Glen? It's in um I don't know. That's not technically Willow Glen. Technically, it's the road. It's Park. not close to the school you went to when you were young, is it? It kind of. Oh, that's that's kind yeah, of interesting. Right? Yeah, you all went full circle. Exactly. No, yeah. I'm, I'm like in a very similar similar place. True. Um, so, being at the farmers market in December, January, and February was a little bit depressing because okay. it was it was so tiny, right? Yeah. It was um, not very well attended and so i was at the point where like oh my god you know like we're only we're, we're a baby business and you think like oh farmer's market like of course like people are going to be there mm-hmm. um, but for whatever all kinds of reasons they weren't and then covid happened yeah when covid happened farmer's market became essential all the big farmer's market closed and oh. now our farmer's market is 25 plus vendors wow yeah so it was actually a positive thing it for was you a guys. positive thing mm-hmm. we're growing we continue to That's grow awesome. and we are just getting like the most amazing culmination of vendors um, this week. If you don't know about Sepatli, um, Sepatli, she does ancient grain like tortillas, oh, like blue corn. Cool. Yeah, like she she is going to buy um, like a, a tortilla factory. Where can people find Sepatli? They can find her this Saturday at the at the okay. Greater Rose. We'll, we'll let you market. pump that up at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Heck right? yeah. yeah, for sure. So there's just like so many amazing vendors that are coming to our farmers market, and we've really like we've we've made the community, you know, and we do like typical Mexican food, you know, we make yeah. taqueria style foods, mm-hmm. we do tacos, burritos, tortas, mm-hmm. um, and that has been what's really taken up. Um, the most of this year and you know we we manufacture our product ourselves in a commercial kitchen here in san jose and um, the wheat gluten for for the celiacs or the people who think they're sensitive um, the wheat gluten actually comes from holland and so holland they don't have gmos oh wow so i have organic wheat gluten from holland how do you get that uh through a vegan distributor oh cool yeah well check it out guys she's got it from holland so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely got to get your weekly from her the holland yeah 
That's awesome. So I, I wanted to ask you real quick because you mentioned your business partner. I didn't know you had a partner, uh, business partner, but well, he's a co-founder. Co co-founder. So yeah. he's from Peru. He's from Peru. How did he become vegan? Was he already vegan from coming from Peru or did um, he learn that here? No, coming from Peru, he was already vegan oh, and he, he has an incredible story as well. Um, we'll definitely get him on here yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely yeah. it would be awesome. Yeah. Well, he, he doesn't speak English, but definitely when he's in the country, oh, I speak that would Spanish, be awesome. but it's very horrible. He's not in the country so. right now? No, no, he's in Peru. Oh, he's in Peru oh, right now. Okay. Yeah, so he went back into Peru. He only had like a six month visa to come oh, here okay. right mm -hmm. he came here two two spurts of six months right and then he went back there but um what's amazing about him being there is that he's really able to like take the name like he has california vegan food company in peru right now wow it's amazing yeah. so, so you're growing in two countries we're growing in two countries yeah. so blessing in disguise technically it really it really is yeah. and so i'm so excited you know right now we're we're both super small and we're figuring it out. That's but where it all starts. It is where it all starts. Yeah. And I feel like, especially in this climate, you know, like we're, we're going to grow inevitably. So yeah. it's just right. about like, you know, keeping it up. And really what I wanted to emphasize also um, was like the investment of my team and the investment of my, I don't, I don't even call them employees. I just, I call them my team. Yeah. Right. Because an employee infers a superiority complex. hundred percent. Yeah. And I don't. Like, yes, I am the boss, so to speak, but at the same time, like they are leaders, right? Yeah. They are leaders just as I am a leader. I, I just so happen to have a series of different leadership experience right. that has allowed me, right, to pursue like owning and managing a yeah. business. But at the same time, I want to invest in them and their dreams so that they can do everything that we're saying here. You're definitely a leader. I can already see You're it. You're a leader of compassion. Yeah. Yes, Seriously. And, and that's true because I take the same approach to this. Mm -hmm. You know, like ever since I started, I, I never wanted it to be just about me. Like mm -hmm. I want to help other people springboard. And I know, I understand, and I had learned from my previous CEO that if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far, you go with the team, yep. right? And this, I mean, obviously, I appreciate everybody that's helped me out and the people part of the team. Um, and that's part of abundant thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, scarcity thinking is I'm the boss and there's not yeah. enough for everybody. I'm going to keep you down. Mm -hmm. and da, da, da. But abundant thinking is like, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. Like yeah. there's going to be enough for everybody anyway. So it mm -hmm. doesn't really matter. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I just have a certain set of skills that I bring to the table. And so do, so do they, mm -hmm. you know. Um, they have skills that I don't have, mm -hmm. you know, and that's how you really go far is you put, you know, because the power of building the team is your weaknesses are irrelevant all of a sudden. Yeah. Because you surround yourself with people who are strong where you are not. Mm -hmm. And then you can just focus on doing what you're good at. They focus on doing what they're good at. And I love how you how you how you create this culture of it's all of us together mm -hmm. you know and that just then they have they they try harder they feel part of something and so that's awesome mm -hmm. like where did that come from where'd you learn that because you um, have a lot of leadership and uh, you know what you did is you cast the vision mm -hmm. right absolutely yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the i'm the visionary um i'm the strategic thinker i also really enjoy like organization and efficiency so mm -hmm. i love to make processes efficient i love to to build systems so you guys operate pretty smooth then yeah okay i i would say 100 percent. that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> That's yeah. That's just my uh, my love for like organization. Like I love things to be in their in their place. So are you a very structured um, person? Um, I mean, I would. I feel like a lot of people would say I am, but uh -huh. then my my leniency towards you know quote unquote perfectionism 
is is not like it's not as like perfect as it is because i also want to be very fluid right i yeah. can't i can't be as rigid or else i'm not free mm-hmm. yeah so, so so there's yeah. a lot of action in you too as well yeah, absolutely yeah. yeah and that's why you that's why you started your venture and mm-hmm. you know that's where you're at now well, well that's 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 awesome and, and you said something earlier too which i'm very impressed and i'm very i mean i love when i see especially young people or especially even you know latinos or hispanic people that think differently mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and you mentioned i want to take care of generations most people are thinking about the weekend yeah you're thinking about your kids 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 where did that come from Um, I think so a big part of it is really acknowledging like although I grew up with a very separate family like my family was not united my family was not um, I don't know if that's Hispanic families but I feel the uh, same thing was with mine too like everybody everybody has something against each other and everybody's always talking shit yeah yeah, it's just like it's all kinds of bullshit right so there's just been like all kinds of bullshit and recognizing that and then going backwards to see like behind the bullshit there is suffering right there is pain there is struggle yeah and so i acknowledge the struggle of my ancestors and because i was born as an only child because i was born in a middle in a middle income house middle class right middle class house i i have a divine responsibility to use that for something good right you know not to like okay and i don't want (laughs) to go ahead stereotype but you know what like i'm not gonna go get fake boobs get an implant you know like make my ass bigger so that i can i don't know shake on a pole or something you know i'm not gonna and not to say that there's anything wrong with that because you know you do you whoever you are but at the same time like who who are those actions serving yeah you know what is a mansion in the east hills what what good is that going to do for you you're creating your own prison right you know you're not contributing to your community you're not making people happy like i am just of the mind like california vegan food co's motto is healthy planet happy people right that's awesome so so what is it again Healthy, healthy planet, happy people. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. We we make this planet healthier. Inevitably, we're going to make the people health happier. Mm-hmm. Like also, it's the just, animals. Yes, and right, and healthy planet. That that, that is the animals yeah. too. Yeah. We want them to be happy, and they the animals in and of themselves. And this is so funny. Like when I talk about veganism, I never lead with animal liberation. Yeah. I never lead with animals because people get all like, oh, yeah. like oh, you're so you know, like soft, and that's weak, and that's this or that's that, and they have so many judgments about mm-hmm. the animals. But if you lead with like the economy like and if we look at how subsidized the meat and the dairy industry is if we look at how much of our tax dollars are actually going towards making meat seem cheaper when it comes out of mcdonald's drive-through right it's all just a lie yeah it's all just a huge lie we're not we're not giving to you know the the small farmer in salinas who is an immigrant coming here to to you know like make a better life for his family that's not what you're supporting, right? What you're supporting is a giant corporation that has literally taken over the world and ruined food systems and communities exactly. all over the place. And and just think about the animals. Like, I don't even like to watch the documentaries yeah. of factory farming and yeah, stuff. Like, like earthlings. Yeah, so I haven't even watched it because I'll literally be like traumatized. Yeah. Like, um, so funny story. Like, when I was in college back in 2003, I was... I was a self-proclaimed carnivore. Mm-hmm. Like I loved meat mm-hmm. and I loved steak yeah. and I could eat just meat, you know? Mm-hmm. So for all you people out there hating on me for being vegan, I'm a reformed, I don't know what you call it, 
freaking carnivore. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so I had to do a project. It mm-hmm. was a debate, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know why, but I got chosen to be factory farms. Mm-hmm. And I had no clue. I, I was just <laughs> in my meat, loving the stuff that was making me feel like crap all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And um, that's another thing. Your body's telling you. Food coma. Screaming at you. Food coma is like, your body's like, what the hell are you mm-hmm. doing to Overload. me? I don't like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, but we're conditioned to think that's Shut normal. Down. Right? <laughs> so anyways, before I run off on a tangent over here, mm-hmm. back to, so I, I had to watch videos on factory farming. Yeah. And I literally was traumatized. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, this is how my meat gets to, like, I was like, I don't want to eat meat anymore. And mm-hmm. this wasn't, obviously it, the pressure and all that was too strong because mm-hmm. i didn't have no support from anybody and mm. i mean shoot this was 2003 so this was what is it 17 years ago no mm, yeah 17 yeah Seven, yeah oh my god i know 17 years <laughs> ago <laughs> 17 aging myself here <laughs> so 17 years ago was pretty difficult but you went yeah. vegan 13 years ago or you're vegetarian, yeah, vegetarian 13. 13 years ago yeah. that was must have been pretty tough but anyways it, it was really tough yeah, yeah so you're pretty strong uh so anyways i did this debate and like literally i was traumatized and i was like so my whole point to that is if everybody who eats meat i wish they had to watch a video mm-hmm. on how that hamburger got there mm-hmm. i guarantee you if, you if people really understood how that meat got there and what the animal goes through they would at least think twice. You they know wouldn't I mean? do it. Well, you yeah. know, not like not everybody is um, a psychopath or a narcissist. Yeah. You know, not everybody is going to look at something else suffering and say, yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's cool. No, like I enjoy this. Let's do that some more. Like, yeah. no, you're going to think, oh, my God, I, I, I don't want to be treated yeah. like that. I don't want them to cut my beak off so I can't kill my neighbor. Yeah. I don't want them to, you know pump me up with all of these chemicals so that i'm so fat that i can't walk and my legs break like that's no this is not the way (laughs) so you so you brought something up yeah the average size of a chicken now Mm -hmm. is like a 600 pound human yeah from the actual meat Mm -hmm. and the 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 journey it takes to get to our plate Mm -hmm. you know um and uh yeah i you know honestly like all the stuff I've watched, I just, I cannot, I cannot even, I mean, I don't know. I just can't watch it and I don't even see myself ever going back to meat yeah. ever after that. No, I mean, once you're, once you're full vegan and you know the benefits and you, you decondition yourself from that need, because I do, I do feel like it's like a chemical addiction to flesh, yeah. right? Because there's a piece about it. You know, I used to eat my steak medium rare and mm-hmm. like when it bleeded and it's, it's the way that like it feels when you, when you eat it. Yeah. I feel like that's what, that's why impossible foods went to the lengths that it went to bioengineer something right. that smelt, looked, tasted right. And, yeah. and essentially it is, it is a piece of meat. Um, but the thing that I want to say is that it's the, the examples and um, everything that we are expressing about factory farming in America specifically, right, does not, it's not the same in every single country, mm-hmm. right? And this is a lot why I feel like Hispanics and Filipinos, right, they come from a place where, you know, if you're in your little pueblito mm-hmm. and you have the butcher up the street, you know, they, they killed the animal that morning. Right. And you're using every single piece of that animal and distributing it within the community. And that is a sustainable process. Yeah. Right. And so same like in the Philippines, mm-hmm. like it's just a very different dynamic. And so that's the part that like 
Mm, it's it's hard for me because this is what my my parent in laws feel. They feel that like, oh yeah, we're here and we're we're just doing the same things that we would do if we're in Mexico. And I'm like, guys, but it's not the same. Right. You know, they don't process it the same. They don't treat it the same. They don't feed it the same. It doesn't live the same. Mm-hmm. You know, living in little confined spaces that literally makes them go crazy. Yeah, they're depressed. Like you could see the pigs; they yeah. look like they want to kill themselves. You yeah, know? Like and they, they try to, and they yeah. try to kill each other because yeah. it's a miserable, miserable life. So not only are you eating this meat that is adulterated so much to the point where, like, we actually get sick, and and eighty percent of all um, uh, what is it, antibiotics in this country it goes to the animals so they don't get sick because of their living conditions but we are energetically receiving all of Mm -hmm. that pain and all of that all that trauma yeah so it's it's no you know it's it's no wonder why we have such a sick society you guys ever seen like um chicken fighting mm-hmm. was it rooster yeah. fight cock fighting, yeah. cock fighting. Yeah. sorry cock fighting <laughs> we're I, talking about the animals guys mm-hmm. yeah I was, in, I was in the philippines and that was a normal thing mm. and uh, i remember i couldn't even i want to watch it but mm-hmm. i can't even watch it yeah. like yeah. i could not stay there for too long it was just so brutal mm-hmm and you know and again i was conditioned you know my parents didn't didn't know any better so you know whenever there's food in the plate i don't complain about it mm-hmm. whatever it was mm-hmm. so i grew up yeah grew up eating you know waking up for breakfast eating rice and meat mm-hmm. yeah you know and in the in, in poor countries like of course we're well, gonna sit mm-hmm. there and be like i'm yeah. not gonna eat this because mm-hmm. blah, blah 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 of course they have to survive and then you you reminded me of something that I wanted to make a point. Mm-hmm. Even when the cavemen ate meat, yeah. Number one, they didn't eat a lot. Mm-hmm. They didn't have it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. Number two, they were hunting for weeks, sometimes days, mm-hmm. days, sometimes weeks, not eating. That's where fasting comes in our mm-hmm. actual genetic makeup, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they finally killed the animal Mm -hmm. sometimes they would have a ceremony to thank the animal Mm and like thank you for giving your life to feed our our and then they would split it with the whole village Mm -hmm. like they literally had a little little piece yeah maybe the chief got like the most what they thought was the most juicy piece or whatever Mm -hmm. but they weren't having a 15 ounce t-bone steak they weren't having like two pounds of chicken Mm -hmm. they were having very little pieces of meat and and most of them that's what they that's all they could survive on mm-hmm. like because i look at these shows like naked and afraid and all this kind of stuff and they're plopped on an island that does not have the resources to grow vegetables mm-hmm. like they literally have to go and kill whatever they can or they're going to die themselves exactly. so in that point i get it but guess what it's 2020 yeah it's and not like bc yeah you're not naked on the island trying to survive yeah. like there's so many things out there yeah. that that they, they can help you and you know um the last thing I want to say about this is, like you said, we're all energy. If mm-hmm. we're all connected um, and and we're doing this to animals, like it's going to get us eventually, right? Mm-hmm. Why are we in this pandemic? Uh, I don't even know if it's the truth, but supposedly it's because people were eating animals mm-hmm. they weren't supposed to eat. Yeah, it's one of the And then, then there's some type of virus that was in the animal and goes, ooh, a new host. Mm-hmm. Let me adapt to this. And all of a sudden, we have this this disease that's, you know, caused the whole world to shut down because mm-hmm. we're we're eating animals that we're not supposed to eat. Mm-hmm. So, um, so here's the thing: if somebody smoked one cigarette and they got cancer the next day, mm-hmm. 
they wouldn't smoke cigarettes. Nope. If somebody drank one drink of alcohol and their liver fucking collapsed the next day, they wouldn't drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. The problem with food is that you don't eat a hamburger one day and you get fat or obesity or diabetes mm-hmm. or a stroke the next mm-hmm. day. Yeah, it takes time. The best analogy I heard about this is like, so let's say, like, you know, have you ever woken up and banged your knee on the bed mm-hmm. or your toe and it hurts like hell? Mm-hmm. Well, imagine banging your toe for breakfast, banging your toe for snack, banging your toe for lunch, banging your toe for dinner, bang, 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 bang. Mm-hmm. 30, 40 years later, your body goes, I quit. Yeah. I can't heal myself anymore. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. keep doing damage to me mm-hmm. and that's where chronic disease comes in. Yeah. Right, because our body is like the most amazing machine in the world. It mm-hmm. can regenerate and heal itself. Absolutely. But if you keep putting the crap, you keep injuring yourself on mm-hmm. the inside, mm-hmm. and that's another thing we don't see it on the inside. No, we just think, oh, we're gaining weight, or oh, whatever. What? If, maybe half of that's inflammation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And 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 so that's that's the inherent issue with all this kind of stuff that really hurts us is that it takes time and it takes a long time, and then yeah. it becomes a habit, and then it becomes like ingrained in our culture and then it's you know and then next thing you know this happens but Mm -hmm. there has to be something said that in this western society two out of three people over 60 are going to need some form of long-term care in their Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. so that's 75 percent of people are going to get sick Mm -hmm. yep that should tell you something right there yeah and we're just like okay with that yeah i I don't think so and really the piece i want to emphasize because i i also I, I dislike, you know, the radical vegan that hates everybody because of the way that they are. We have to meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. We have to understand, right, that not everybody has the experiences we have. You know, like my husband is not vegan. Right. He, he eats like 85% vegan, but he still has his own conditioning and he right. still is not awakened to a lot of the things that we've been talking about That's here today. That's interesting. Yeah. And How does that affect your guys' dynamic um, I mean, it's not bad actually because he is—he's willing to learn. Right? As long as he's open to, that's great. And yeah. it's really—it's really just about like meeting people where they're at and and educating them or learning with them or also just showing them by your own actions, mm-hmm. right? Leading with with your own actions. Hundred percent. Because I was like you, like every vegan. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. I, I think it's just because they become so passionate about it. Because they they feel how much it's changed your life. And they know that, like, if everybody was vegan, we yeah. would live in such a better yeah. world. But we have to build a bridge, and yeah. that's what I believe California Vegan Food Company is. Is it is a bridge, right? Right. So that the people who I call flesh centric, they can take baby steps baby steps over the bridge if they so desire right and another piece about it too is like you know i work for a nonprofit as well i'm a fundraiser for uh, kitchen table advisors and um, we serve farmers organic vegetable farmers and pasture raised livestock farmers and it's great right pasture raised is awesome but we learned in cowspiracy that it doesn't matter how many pasture-raised farms you have, you are never going to generate the amount of animals to meet the demand on this earth. Right. And what you said about, you know, that village that killed that one animal and shared it between everybody, the amount that they ate was tiny. Yeah, it was like insignificant almost. So we cannot continue to sustain the health of our planet. We're actually killing our planet. Our planet's not healthy at all. We see it. We're in the Bay Area. What's happening? Fires, crazy, drought, right? Everything. Oh, global warming is fake. There's just, California's just on fucking fire. (laughs) Everything is falling apart. 
and our diet is such an important it's not at all the only piece because there's so many other pieces of like you know industry and transportation mm-hmm. and like so yeah. many other pieces that contribute to it but, but it's probably one of the largest actually it is it's like mm-hmm. it's 18 percent, right yeah. i think transportation is 13 percent according to cowspiracy well and thanks so, to tesla and elon musk that's going to be changing soon heck yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all excited about renewable energy um but right it's the amount of meat that we that we make acceptable I think that is the ultimate bridge maker is reducing the amount of meat that we that we perceive is good, right? Because we cannot eat meat breakfast, lunch and dinner. We can't. We should yeah. be having it once a month or once every two months at most in right. order to really build upon like a, a sustainable food system. Yeah, and I agree with you. And I want to say something about the planet. So I used to say that too, we're killing the planet. Mm-hmm. And then I have a good friend of mine I want to have her on the podcast. She's like, we're not killing the planet. We're killing our ability to survive on this planet. Mm. Earth is going to be here when we're long gone. That's true. It went through an ice age. It went through the dinosaurs became all extinct mm-hmm. from a, an asteroid. People, listen, listen to me. If you're listening to this out there, we're not killing Earth. Earth is killing us. We're a virus. When you get sick and you get a fever, what is that doing? Your body is killing the virus. So it raises the temperature inside your body so the virus can die and mm-hmm. it cannot live. Mm-hmm. We're not killing Earth. Earth is going to be here many, many thousands of years after we're gone. We're killing our ability to survive on this planet. Mm, that is true. So if you truly care about your kids, your grandkids, and, and their future, do something about it. I mean, if you if, if you if you don't care about animals and you don't care about your health, at least care about this this you know rock in the middle of the space that we're living on. Because you know maybe cockroaches are going to live for the next ten thousand years mm-hmm. and insects. They and most likely, yeah, so many animals because are we're not going to su- we're not going to survive <laughs> on here. No. But those little nasty cockroaches will still be around. Sharks have been around longer than trees. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So mushrooms has been around yeah. longer than everything. Ooh, there's some <laughs> interesting kind of mushrooms out there too. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> that's a different podcast. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're not killing the planet. Yeah. We're just killing our ability to live on it. Well, so if you love I, this planet, do something about it. I mean, I would have to say also we're killing our ability to live optimally on the planet. hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And yeah. because of that, the planet, like the planet is so angry. Yeah. so upset and people are gonna be like what what do you mean the planet doesn't have feelings the planet is energy just like we are yeah just like all of the elements are energy yeah like you can't you can't um put fire in your hand and not get burned right because that's an exchange of energy mm-hmm. and so the planet is extremely upset at the way that we are treating it and because of that it is killing us back and there's the karma i guess mm-hmm. we're the way we're treating animals where do you think covid came from yeah. I don't know. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Mm-hmm. There's all these conspiracy theories mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is most of these uh, huge pandemic diseases came from us eating things we're not supposed mm-hmm. to eat. Mad cow disease. All yeah. of that. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not. You've never heard of like mad broccoli disease or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. What was that? Well, it's not natural. All these viruses. I don't believe it's natural. Mm. No, not at all. Yeah. Well, they normally live in those animals, and they can, the animals can live with those diseases, but humans cannot live with those diseases. Mm-hmm. The animals are kind of adapted over time to to be able to survive with those kind of viruses in them. Mm. But you start eating monkeys and bush meat and all this crazy stuff, and mm. 
it's going to eventually transfer to us because we're all connected. Like um, I was watching this documentary on ayahuasca and mm-hmm. it had um, uh, Dorian Yates who mm-hmm. used to be a professional bodybuilder and mm-hmm. now he's like big into ayahuasca and healing himself. Mm-hmm. They said that when you harm a tree through the roots, it talks to the other trees mm-hmm. and says, hey, there's danger coming, like protect yourself. Yeah. So is it really a tree? Or is it something that's all connected? Yeah. Well, it's a sentient being with a very expansive root system, right? And those root systems are like the veins of the planet. And I think it was Marcus Aurelius who quoted, like, as long as man continues to kill animals, it will justify the, the murder and destruction of humans. Yeah. Because we dehumanize humans and call them animals in order to justify, right, the torture and just absolute decimation of all of them so it sounds and like i've always been really conscious of like not sounding like hippie or you know not sounding like whatever but at the end of the day like do we want to live or not yeah Mm. you know do do we want to that do we want to live or not and and how do we want to live because we can say we want to live in peace right in harmony we want to live in in a place where everybody has the opportunity and i'm not trying to say i'm a communist either but i do believe i don't believe that capitalism is inherently wrong just like communism isn't inherently wrong it's just the way that the the crooked leadership decides to to lead and they're leading without compassion right they're leading without love they're leading only thinking about how they are going to get ahead rather than the collective yeah they're they're mortgaging the future for the now Mm -hmm. and it's just all leadership like i don't know i think it has to do with us being so disconnected but it's it's very true there's a huge huge lack of leadership and everything falls in and ends on leadership yeah. so um so i mean you mentioned that that you wanted to be the bridge mm-hmm. and that's through your company so can you talk about that a little bit yeah um i mean my my goal right one of my goals i have many goals i'm a very ambitious person um i really want to be at first, right, the the first vegan or vegetarian option in every taqueria, in every taco truck in San Jose. Okay. And I, because I really want to demystify all of the, all of the myths, right, that mm-hmm. there are around veganism for people of color. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's not just that taquerias are for Latino people, right? Everybody loves Mexican food. Of course, right. But you go to any Mexican restaurant and. Your 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 vegan or vegetarian options are kind of like oh. a bean burrito. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. <laughs> and I, and you're bored, and yeah. you're not fulfilled, and it's not fun. And you're like, oh, no, yeah. I want I want that piece of steak. You know, I want the carne asada. Yeah. I want the al pastor. Yeah. But in actuality, if we had one option, right, and we started with one way, especially now because the the prices of meat are going up substantially. Like my coworker told me that arrachera, which is like a prepared meat or whatever, it's coming up to like $10 a pound. Wow. And Rasa is still buying it. You know, they're still doing that. So, you know, the plant-based protein, just because we're small and I don't have a big factory, you know, our, our protein is around $10 a pound too. So wow. we're getting to the point where it's comparable yeah. and it's comparable on a financial level. So I'm, I'm really excited because, you know, I want to, I want to heal my parents. Yeah. I want to heal my friend's parents. I want to heal. I know there's so many people who are suffering from the same things that we've experienced. And we don't need to lose our family members early on. You lost your grandma before you even had a chance to really get to know her. I was five years old. 
right? I never had a grandfather because mm-hmm. both of them died of diabetes and other, right? You never had a grandfather. So what does that do to us on a psychological and emotional level, yeah. right? It disconnects us from our lineage. Mm-hmm. My memory of my grandfather was he had no legs because mm-hmm. he gangrene, they chop off his legs. Mm-hmm. I only met him a couple of times. And all, my, my only memory of my grandfather is him being in so much pain, mm-hmm. pulling himself out of his bed yeah. with like a bar above it and mm-hmm. getting in a wheelchair. That's my memory of my grandfather. My other one passed away before I was even like old enough to remember, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, if you're, and by the way, I just want to, you know, my parents, um, they listen to this podcast, so they're going to hear this too, right? But the reason they made a change was because my father was always different. He was like a leader. Mm-hmm. He always knew if it's good for him and his family, he's going to make the change right away. Uh, but they went to Mexico mm-hmm. and they wa- they hiked up a big mountain mm-hmm. and they were like so out of breath. Yeah. And they were like, what? Like they thought it was just the altitude or whatever. Mm-hmm. They came back home and they got some tests mm-hmm. and their blood pressure was super high. Mm-hmm. Their cholesterol was super high. Mm-hmm. So my dad being the leader, proactive, different thinker, it was mm-hmm. like, I'm because they wanted to put my dad on meds. Because mm. oh, yeah. obviously Western medicine, what do they do? Yep. Pills, gave you some meds pills, pills. to make you a lifelong customer yep. and fat, sick, and nearly dead like the yep. show, right? <laughs> but my dad's like, hell no, I'm not taking meds. Yeah. Now I'm coming back here in three months and I'm going to figure out a way to, to fix myself, mm. right? Well, the universe put that book in his hands and the rest is history. Literally three months later, everything was below normal. That's amazing. Three months. I love and now like, like And now like my dad's 67 years old and the dude's like running around because they retired in Hawaii, right? Mm-hmm running around the beach doing hikes again that's another thing like we could talk about that maybe another time but i want to have my dad on the podcast my dad is always a forward thinker Mm -hmm. you know um but um every day they're hiking running on the beach and they're 65 and 67 but they're about my dad's about to be 68 my mom's about to be 60 66 and they're healthier than they've ever been Mm -hmm. uh, besides being young right yeah and i'm so happy you know, so, you know, Rosa's parents, if you're listening out there, um, talk to my parents or learn from their example. Like mm-hmm. you don't have, to, you, you don't have to be sick. You don't have to be unhealthy. Mm-hmm. You don't. And just because you're Hispanic or Filipino or whatever, it's not, you don't have to be like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a choice. Yeah. It's going to be very difficult maybe to make a changes, but Anything worth having in life is is difficult. Mm -hmm. Anything worth having in life is difficult. And what I want to tell everybody's parents is like, it is, it's hard to change habits, right? It's hard because you, you grow up and you have these memories of these things and you're like, oh my God, you know, like with the, with the lucky charms or, you know, with, with all of the cereals. I mean, don't we all like you, you walk in that aisle in the grocery store and you're like, oh my, but you know, you know, it's not good for you. And so. With me, it's like chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with me, it's chips. But, yeah. you know. Me too. My I'm both, actually. <laughs> chips and chocolate. <laughs> but my parents, what, what I want for them, and I do believe that it's never too late, but what I want to tell other people's parents is you need to do what it takes. Yeah. Mm. You need to do what it takes. And if that is changing your diet, that's fine. Do it very slowly. Progressive change is the way to win. You can't change overnight. Yeah, baby but steps. what you do, you do meatless Mondays. Right. You do that for three months. 
Meatless Mondays. Okay, I got this on Mondays. I got my little, you yeah. know, my little rhythm. I know what to make. I've been yeah. doing this. And then maybe you do two days. Yeah. Uh-oh. Then maybe you do three days. Yeah. Uh-oh, right? Yeah. And then you just end up having meat once a week, once a month, once a quarter. That's exactly how I started eating. I stopped eating McDonald's because I was such a big McDonald's girl wow. when I was little. Really? Chicken nuggets. Uh, double cheeseburger mm, chicken nuggets yeah uh, yeah what's the if, the, if the those are chicken. eating chicken make chicken big max right my biggest thing was the breakfast Ooh. The, i know how to make a really good sausage egg mcmuffin uh -huh. vegan now nice yeah nice but you know the big max so i really had to wean myself off of a big mac and what did i do i said okay i'm only gonna have four big macs this year every quarter i would wait yeah. i would be so excited oh yeah. my god oh my god like i'm doing so good you know and i would be like doing my best to exercise and whatever i would have my one big mac every three months and for the first year it was awesome every three months i was so excited i like celebrated yeah. but i was still like vegetarian right but yeah. then i would treat myself to a big mac every three months yeah. okay okay the second year three big macs a year the third year two big macs a year the fourth year one Big Mac the whole year, and I didn't even want it at that point. Yeah. Mm. I was like, I'm done. I don't need this anymore. And Your body changes. Lo and behold, I will never step into McDonald's yeah. again. Yeah, that's awesome. You Congratulations, can right? Like, you condition yourself. <laughs> like, you train yourself. That's why it took me, like, almost 10 years mm -hmm. to yeah. become vegan. Exactly. Step well, by step. Like, I mean, me, I was 39 when I made the change. I mean, you can't make up 39 years in a couple months. You no. know what I mean? Like, it, Not at all. Like I, I went pescatarian and then vegetarian mm -hmm. and then I, I went vegan. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, but I think, you know, for some reason, my dad never let us eat fast food. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember when I was like 13, we used to have like the Twinkies and the Kool-Aid. And mm -hmm. I came home one day, everything was gone. And then all we had was like some watered down iced tea. Mm -hmm. My dad stopped cooking with manteca and started mm -hmm. cooking with olive oil. And mm -hmm. he just made this change. I mean. So he was always conscious about health. Manteca is pork grease. Yes, lard. Lard. Lard, you guys. I know manteca is freaking straight up <laughs> yeah, pork fat. Yeah, I didn't know what it was. Fat, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's traditional Mexican cooking, yep. right? Because yep. it makes it more bacon, flavorful. And yeah. then you put it in the jar right next to it, and then you have this real nice little white, white, yeah. thick. Ugh. Yeah, and that stuff yep. stays in you. It's funny. I, I, there was this comedian on the radio, and he's like, He's like, man, I got a stroke when I was freaking 12. He's like, he's like, mom, I was like, I'm going to have a popsicle. And your mom's like, mijo, you want the popsicle? Here, throw it in there. Let me fry it up for you. <laughs> you want some salad? Throw it in there. Let me fry it up for you. He's like, I had to call in sick when I was 12 because I had a stroke and my <laughs> left side wasn't working. Anyways. Oh, my God. Uh, but so, yeah, yeah. My, my dad has always been conscious. And I'm glad he did that because I never developed the sweet tooth mm -hmm. and i never developed the fast food addiction mm -hmm. which i think if i would have had those two like it would have been maybe even 10 times more difficult mm -hmm. to change you know what Absolutely. i mean um so that's very very powerful what you're doing and you know i hope i mean i see one day hopefully that you know we make a huge dent or at least impact in in not just our community but all communities because mm -hmm. you know what i understand people it's hard to get rid of your food I understand it's hard to get rid of your culture, mm -hmm. but you're not losing your culture. Not at all. The only thing you're going to miss out on, so you're still going to have the same flavor, maybe a little different, but the only thing you're going to miss out on is chronic illness, mm -hmm. bloated, mm -hmm. digestive issues, mm -hmm. and maybe losing a loved one a little bit sooner than than yeah. you need to. Discomfort, depression, Discomfort, like yeah. coma. Food yeah. coma. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's all wrapped up together, and I think it's really, it's the emotional diseases 
that people don't ever contribute to their food. Right. And and that's the part that is hard for me. I have so many friends that have overactive thyroids and they're kind of at the point where like, oh, I'm going to be extremely overweight forever. You know, the doctor tells me this or that. And, you know, if you just go on the Internet and you say, like, how to heal my thyroid with plant medicine, like, mm-hmm. um, you'll find it. I haven't I have an audible audio book and I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm going to because I really like I really want to help my community i really want to help everybody who struggles you know there's so many people and it's not to say that like because i think another misconception too is that like oh being overweight is bad and it's not like you can be you can be thick as fuck yeah and it's amazing right and it's beautiful and it's great Mm -hmm. but if you're not healthy if you're not able to climb that stairs if you're not able to run for like a minute you know, if you're not able to exert yourself to the point that like you can play with your nephews so that you can like go into that jumpy house, you know, and mm-hmm. you can actually like exert yourself and get your blood flow moving. If that's something that's difficult for you, then you have a problem. Yeah, 100 percent, because it's not just about living. It's about quality of life. Yeah. You know, and um, one thing real quick, I want to go back and then we'll start wrapping this up. But so the way I got my parents to kind of make a change. Mm-hmm is because so my parents were really good parents and everything was all about their kids right which i don't think that's a good thing Mm -hmm. because the longest relationship you're ever going to have is the one with your spouse your kids are going to grow up one day they're going to find their own wife and husband or whatever uh, and they're going to leave and they're going to have their own family but guess who you're stuck with for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. if if you choose to stay married and all that kind of stuff nowadays it's like getting a new car you know but my parents have been married 45 years yeah um that's a long time Mm -hmm. like i haven't even lived that long Mm -hmm. like they've been together longer than i've been alive Mm -hmm. right and so my sister's already married with her family i'm not married yet but eventually i'm gonna have my own family and they have to get along so the way i got them to kind of start thinking about because they both had retired and they never really learned how to like get along (laughs) like they were arguing like every day Mm -hmm. and i remember one time i just told them i go stop i go this is what mama's saying this is what dad is saying you guys don't listen to each other you better learn how to like each other because mm-hmm. you don't have work and kids to keep you busy mm-hmm. and they kind of like woke up and i go by the way your life is not over mm-hmm. what about your grandkids don't you want to be around and be like good when your grandkids are around yeah and they just kind of like they woke up they're like you're right we still have like a whole second wave mm-hmm. of our life which is grandkids which is retirement yep. which is like i mean Anyways, so if you want to reach your parents or mm-hmm. the older generation, like, don't make it about you. Make it about your grandkids. Mm-hmm. Because if once they start thinking like that, they go, oh, well, I need to be alive and healthy for my grandkids. Because mm-hmm. like you said, if I'm not, how am I going to play with them? Like, yeah. you know, and and uh, and yeah, so that's kind of how I reach my parents is I, 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 I made them realize that their life's not over. Like they got, there's a whole, hopefully it's not, right? And another thing is I spent, I had a friend who went to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. I hate hospitals, by the way. But I was stuck in the emergency room helping her out because she thought she was having a heart attack or Mm -hmm. whatever. It was just heart, it was just indigestion. Oh. (laughs) But they said indigestion can be so bad, like acid reflux can Uh be so bad you feel like you're having a heart attack. Oh, wow. But again, here's a person that's on the standard American diet, right? So, but I was there and there was just so much sadness and death and sickness Mm -hmm. and they're feeding these people like 
they're sick and they're still giving them like sodas mm -hmm. and chicken nuggets. Mm -hmm. Like they're basically sick and they're like, here, have more stuff to keep you sick or basically be sicker. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, I have two options. I could continue to, to, to eat however I want to eat mm -hmm. and I could end up here when I'm older mm -hmm. and popped up on pills and this, or I could do the best I can. There's still no guarantee, but I could do the best I can to be old but be, be happy and healthy. And, yep. and, 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 and so it looks like um, we'll go ahead and start wrapping this up. But uh, I think you have some questions, Joe. I do. Um, you, you talk about uh, intermittent fasting. I actually has been, have been doing juice cleansing. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done that? Absolutely. How many days? Um, I've only done like three, three day spurts. I haven't done any of the really long, like two week long spurts. What kind of changes did you feel? And did you make your own juices or you mm -hmm. bought them? No, I absolutely made my own juices. Yeah, I made mine too. Yeah, actually, and you've been to the Philippines. I have so been to the was, Philippines. How was that? Uh, it was amazing. And so this was actually an example of when, like, I was I was in college, right? I had been vegetarian since I was in high school, right? In college, I did an immersion trip to the Philippines, to Cambodia, and to Thailand mm -hmm. to study human trafficking. Oh wow! And so, and while we were there, right, we would visit with nonprofit organizations, tribes. We would go around. Um, visit and really hear the stories and understand their experiences of human trafficking, right? Mm -hmm. Labor trafficking, sex trafficking, all of the things. And so when I was in Southeast Asia and I sat down with a tribe and, you know, they had, they had literally like slaughtered the cow in the backyard and right, like gone through the process. And I couldn't in that moment say, oh no, yeah. I, I can't eat that because I'm a vegetarian. You're, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's like, like a tricky situation. That That is the ultimate sign of disrespect. Yeah, you're right? basically mm. saying like F you to your face. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I so I ate meat while I was there and in the Philippines, like fell in love with the country, fell in love with the people, fell in love with the language. Like I swear I would be listening so hard, like I'm going to understand. Yeah. I'm gonna it's know. very close to Spanish. Tagalog is. Tagalog is, yeah. There's so many words, right? And because we were conquered by the same country. <laughs> Joe Coy says they're the, the Mexicans of Asia. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right, right. And so, yeah, I just felt like such, I felt so um, identified and I just, I love the way that Filipinos eat. Like, I love the spoon and the fork, and I love, like, the saucy and the meat, and all you need is rice and sauce and meat to, like, make anything just amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. I and really, how long ago was this? Uh, this was 2011. Okay. Because I went back last year. Oh, nice. And all I ate was vegetarian and vegan food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she says and there's a big growing uh, vegan vegetarian culture there. Oh, yeah. yes. I want. I want. Seriously. Yeah. And I'm like they need more of that here yes in california yeah because if, if you think about because like obviously i dated a few filipino girls in my life and i had a best friend that was half filipino growing up mm -hmm. so i mean food like they they go they go all out they like go in, yeah. every <laughs> every party is like yeah. i mean just trays of like pancet mm -hmm. lumpia mm -hmm. toron is like my favorite the oh, fried yeah. banana I love uh -huh. toron. you know um and chicken adobo and rice and all this kind of stuff so they they go out as mm -hmm. far as it it goes to food um but like i said like adobo is not the chicken no. adobo is the sauce it's the sauce exactly mm. get some of that right. that meat from california vegan that, vegan food maybe. and put that adobo sauce yes, on meat. it and you got the same thing you know what Heck i mean yeah. um yeah. but but yeah so and uh menudo 
You guys, you guys have menudo in your culture, right? Yeah, I menudo. think we probably got it from you guys. Yep. Oh. But yeah, yep, the Spaniards. I've, I've made a vegan menudo also. Yeah. yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you use for the for the meat for the tripe? Um, so the tripe so they have these like soy curls okay uh-huh so and it's so soy if based. you it's yeah it can be soy based so that's just one example um but but okay. in my business we are actually soy free okay but like the the Perfect. vegan menudo i made you know like on my soy own free? personally yeah I, I saw a funny meme it says what if soy milk is just milk introducing itself in spanish uh-huh. <laughs> hola soy milk <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> just kidding right? i digress but anyways i'm excited to go to the philippines uh yeah, one of yeah. our goals is to go out there to the philippines so you fell in love with the, the southeastern absolutely southeast people. asia in general like i love thailand i loved cambodia like i want to go back i want to go to vietnam like mm-hmm. I just, I want to visit all these places, especially now, you know, because you see all these bloggers and these YouTubers and these oh, bloggers yeah. who Heck are going yeah. over there and Bali. they're eating all the vegan yeah, food. Bali Bali, oh yeah, you yeah. see everybody, you see, um, yeah. what's his name, Delgado, go to, go to Bali and they're eating these just like abundant and beautiful, you know. And the fruits over places. there. Yeah. The fruits in the tropical areas, yeah. like they're yeah. just tropical sweeter countries. and better mm-hmm. and tastier. Oh man, you're making mm-hmm. me hungry. Yeah, I whenever I go back to the Philippines, yeah. I always want to go to the tropical fruits that mm-hmm. I cannot eat here. Yeah. exactly and you have to go to the jungle for yeah that, most of the time yeah, yeah the woods. So, so i don't know if you saw that show with um what's the one on netflix oh my god which one uh the one with the the actor my god zach efron yeah zach efron. down to earth so down to earth is zach mm-hmm. efron mm-hmm. there's a community in costa rica mm-hmm. that's owned by an american that's an all like you know uh sustainable like they basically bought this huge piece of land in the jungle mm-hmm. and it's a community like mm-hmm. they all but i want to make like a vegan community like that yeah like they basically go shopping in the forest like mm-hmm. they go grab a big ass jackfruit yeah they grab all these fruits and they have breakfast together and it's a community so yeah that's like one of my dreams is to eventually have like a self-sustaining vegan community mm-hmm. that lives off the land yep in some beautiful place yep. it's obviously not gonna be the united states As, but well eco villages you know it is it's possible here yeah mm-hmm. well you've started a a, a, a farmer's market mm-hmm. i'm sure you're kind of learning on all that kind of stuff so you know what i mean i think we can go ahead and wrap it up but it, you know it was great having you here it, you know i mean you're obviously a leader uh, uh a natural born leader i mm-hmm. would say you Thank know you. a visionary you know and um anything you want to you want to tell the, the the people out there anything you want to plug anything tell us about what's going on with your life where they can find you mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff yeah absolutely so right now like i mentioned we're at the greater rose garden farmers market every saturday from nine to one and uh, the address is 577 dana avenue at the uh, crossing of brooklyn and dana uh, if you're familiar with san jose if you live in san jose we're right across the street from lincoln high school and so, yeah, we're there from 9 to 1 a.m. You can get a breakfast burrito. You can get regular burritos. You can get tacos. You can get tortas. We mm. always have a fresh agua um, ready to go. <clears throat> and we also manufacture, package, and label our own products. So you can buy any of our products, the chickpea chicken or the black bean beef, in a whole pound or a half a pound. And where do they find that? Also at the farmer's market or online on our website. What's the website? Uh, www.californiaveganfoodcompany.com. So www.californiaveganfoodcompany.com. Mm-hmm. Are you guys on Instagram? Yes, we are. What? How do they find um, you on Instagram? The handle is ca.veganfood.co. And we'll actually have everything in the links below. Mm-hmm. So if you guys didn't catch that, just go ahead and check in the links below. 
um but yeah thank you so much rosa it was a pleasure having you thank you both um thank you. look forward to you know continuing the vegan movement and the journey here absolutely it's the vegan revolution exactly right yep. and uh thank you guys so much for tuning in as always you know we're all, all major platforms the link will be in downstairs in the description and uh you know stay tuned for more um this this podcast as always is intended to inspire people to find their true purpose follow their bliss you heard from an amazing leader today that's uh, helping out her community and you know just want to help people out and you're going to hear more of this. So, you know, like, subscribe, uh, share this with other people. And, um, you know, we look forward to, to seeing you guys in the next one. Anything you want to say, Joe? Um, I'm definitely looking forward to following your journey. Like, I, I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation even mm -hmm. after this. Yeah. Like, I don't think this will be the, the last time you'll we'll have you again. <laughs> yeah, I have so many, like, more questions. And, yeah. yeah. Anyway, and thank you for being the person that you are and, you know, making these changes and... Um, you're a leader of compassion, seriously. Thank and you. it's just so refreshing to meet someone like you. So thank, thank you, so you for much. taking the time. Yeah I, yeah, I appreciate just the acknowledgement and it just, you know, it gives me fuel to keep yeah. going. You know, it gives me fuel to dream bigger because, yeah, I really, I really just want to see I, I am leading with love, right? That is that is also my motto and what I'm telling everybody that I talk to, that as long as you lead with love in everything that you do, every interaction, every conversation, even just like every every glance, right? Every time you look at somebody else in the eye, if you're if you're looking at them with love, they're not gonna shy away. Right. Yeah. And that's like a it's like a micro I don't know, I don't wanna call it a microaggression, but leading with love you're never gonna fail. Yeah. I and it's that. it's energy mm -hmm. yeah and so yeah thank you guys so much for tuning in and as always follow, follow your bliss, your bliss. we'll catch you guys on the next one <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast we hope you enjoyed it our goal as always is to become the number one podcast in the world and uh, make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already make sure you share this with three of your friends and if you like our song our intro song please check out my good friend uh, Maroni Silva's band, A Dead Desire, on YouTube. That song is called The Mantra. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. And as always, follow your bliss.